This episode of Nintendo Podblock is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our Fennial podcast, head over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, the Light Excited Eddie V. Joining me is the one, the only bossman himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello, happy birthday, Switch. Six years is uh, it's a long time for this thing. Um, ready to, uh, I don't know, I'm ready for something new. Let's 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 make something new. I'm ready. Although I still love the Switch. That's fine. I, lo- I love the console. I want it to be more powerful. But anyways... Hello, I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> Everybody, we have two exciting guests, actually both debuting at the same time. So I got to give it up to this first person uh, and everything. Uh, he's just, he's a new person that I'm meeting. Uh, I love his work. I love hearing his podcast. From the single player experience, everybody, please welcome Sebastian. Hello, good sir. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me on, and thank you for allowing me to, you know, just be here and nerd out with y'all. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited. To, I'm really excited for the show. Thank you. I'm ex- I'm excited that we have new people in the. I mean, yeah. I'll, hold on. I'll let you. I'll let you introduce our other guests before I get into this. Yes, because Eric, right. Right. I finally got one of my bro hills on the show. I have been on his show so many times. It's an experience like none other. From the Devon Cox experience, everybody give a round of applause to the one, the only, Devon Cox. Hello, good sir. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be on this show. And Eddie said he was bringing nachos, and I don't see any nachos for me. I'm very disappointed by this turn of events. He always says he's look. He always says he's bringing something, and it never shows up. It's always something different. It's either it's either some sort of candy that he picked up on the way home, or something awful to drink. That's yes. that's some candy from an unmarked van. Yeah, he yeah. told me that too. Mm-hmm. Told me to hop in it I too. Mean, I didn't hop in it. Fortunately, I mean I've been drinking a lot of the Pepsi Peeps or the oh, Pepsi. That's... Oh, you deserve to be locked up. <laughs> well, that's well, a real thing. <laughs> yeah, Pepsi yeah. Peeps. Yeah. It's a real thing. You should be put in prison yeah. for that. Mm. It's not bad. I actually, I, what the, so I'll get into it in, in, in Snack Tender, but I did buy one because I bought another one for another associate at work so we could taste it together so she could get the idea and stuff. Really and she liked it. For that. That's like a crime. Look, look, okay, so the other so the other day we have a, for the Boss Rush podcast, we have a supplemental show called Boss Rush Presents where we kind of throw on our interviews and our specialty shows. And we were doing a founders round table. And for 40 minutes, Ed and Jesse talked about nasty beverages. And 25 of those minutes was about peeps, Pepsi. Okay. It was, I just, I just sat back and was like, look, I got some farming to do in Disney dreamlight Valley. I guess I'll get some of that done. Uh, (laughs) I just uh, can't believe this is a real thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't believe that like 
like all the people in charge of the FCC and all that kind of stuff allowed this to be this to be put into production. Yeah, it's I it's mean very upsetting. This is diabetes in a bottle. It hurts my soul. I mean, I mean the, the yellow, the bright yellow labels should just tell you to stay away. Okay, caution, but, caution tape is made of yellow tape. Okay, I'm just yes. saying. But the yellow looks good with with the Pepsi logo. No, and everything. No, it I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's surfing a Super Mario Brothers three yellow. Eddie, Ooh. you know what else is yellow? Pee. And I don't want to drink that's, that. That's not yellow. <laughs> I don't want to drink that. Get that wow. crap out of here. It is wow. awful. That is this horrible. Is... Oh, this is this is hurting my soul. I'm oh. I'm switching topics before we have to talk about Peeps Pepsi anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm, hold on. I so uh, what I was saying before Delvin was uh, introduced. I'm excited to have new people on. And Delvin, I know you and I have kind of followed each other for a while, and I know you've been on. I think you did a one v one with Ed at one point. Yeah. And I I'm glad to finally talk to you and Sebastian. Like. We've been looking for new people for a long time to just hang out and nerd out with. And I'm, I'm just I'm excited because obviously Ed, Ed and I have been doing Nintendo Power Block for a long time. And it's always exciting to see new people come on the show. Right. I mean, what is this? Our eighth year of the show. Right. Yep. Congrats. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Try starting the show in the down downturn of the Wii U era. OK. That was, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's rough. That was yeah. rough. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, Man, we talk, I think we talked about Zelda for like three months because we were so excited for it. We had something to talk about, but you know, but I'm glad you guys are here. This is awesome. No, nah, thanks for having us. Definitely. Yes. Well, uh, before we get into what we've been doing on the weekend, Sebastian, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hey, everyone. I am. I like to call myself the Prince of Podcasts. I'm Sebastian Malden. I run the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premium podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. So on that podcast, you can find out about not only good single player games to play. We also play bad games to kind of let you know why these games are bad. We go into deep depths on, you know, why you should avoid these. It's a it's a video game podcast to basically manage your video game backlog. So that we do all that we also have dev interviews where we talk to up and coming dev devs and we talk to people who have been in the game for a very long time we do deep dives into their games a whole bunch of different kinds of things like that so if you like indie games if you like big triple a games if you just like talking about the single player experiences that you have in your day-to-day life you should definitely check out the single player experience podcast that sounds dope thank you i've been working on that one (laughs) (laughs) All right, and Devin, can you introduce yourself and your podcast? Well, take a seat because it's going to be a while. <laughs> All right. All right. I Have host... you met Ed? <laughs> yes, very much so. I host the Delvin Cox Experience, a podcast where each week I try to unite the culture of university. So it's a cool podcast. I've been doing it for a while now. People love it. You know, I've had people on such as Rodney Barnes. I've had on um, a lot of different cool people on the show. So that's one thing. I've also been a, a judge on the Who It Win show. So anybody listen to the Who It Win show, I've been a judge multiple times on there judging multiple battles and contests. So that's a really good show to check out. If you're into DC stuff, I recently played John Stewart Green Lantern in a in an audio drama called Justice League Mortal. So yes, I I played I'm, a four part audio drama. I played John Stewart Green Lantern in I'm Blackest also, Day and Brightest Night. Yes, I did the whole oath and everything. Oh, wow. Um, 
I also host the PlayStation Experience. You know, I, I do a lot of things, and I also host a, a Geek Nerd podcast called All Blurred Everything. So yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. The fact that you, oh man, that's cool. John Stewart is. I think he's probably the best Green Green Lantern. In I agree. My opinion. And Same man. That's not just because I played him. <laughs> he's just my favorite Green Lantern. No. Look, I I've seen enough Hal Jordan to know that I don't need any more Hal Jordan. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. Somebody was calling. By the way, side tangent. Somebody was calling for Guy Gardner to be the next Green Lantern. No, on not screen. at I'm all. Like, mm, no. I'm like, get out of here. I'd, Cal first before we get Guy. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, oh my gosh, no. We're John. Look. Yeah. No. no I think it should be John then Jessica. Yeah. I, I like that. I I like, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Corey, how's your weekend? It was good. Uh, I mean, it was it was full of destiny. Let's be honest here. Uh, Lightfall came out, so I I've been trying to blow through a lot of this content to get you know the the destiny podcast kind of <laughs> up to date, right? And uh, I've been blowing through that. I've been losing lots of sleep because of it. And uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I made I made some. Uh, pretty awesome fajita quesadillas tonight that was pretty good and uh yeah that was that i mean that my weekend's been pretty slow but you know my wife and i are also watching slash re-watching ted lasso to get ready for the new season let's go yeah okay. um, well i i watched it and then my wife didn't watch it with me and i convinced her that we need to watch it together so we and we've been re-watching it and man that show's so good it's so are you good a, are, is your favorite character Roy Kent? yeah yeah, already. Let's go. <laughs> Who whose favorite character isn't Roy Kent? Let's mm-hmm. let's be let's be honest here uh, for a second. If you are not a Roy Kent fan, you don't need to be watching the show. Oh, for you, sure not. Oh, I don't watch the show at all. So, well, you are missing out. You are missing out. Uh, well, I don't have Apple Plus TV. Well, so. you're missing out. Just... Missing out. Okay. I'd say you get three months free through Game Pass, but you don't subscribe to Game Pass either. So what? Yeah. No, the yeah. best deal I... in gaming. Yeah, no. it's not really. Ed, Ed has to buy everything in a box. Yeah. Or he... oh, wow. Yeah, Game Pass is a demo station to me and to a Ed's, lot of people. Ed's very oh, anti I... anti subscription service. Ed, do you okay, know what a demo you. is? <laughs> the demo is not the full game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how everybody treat game. Where most people treat Game Pass. So yes, I'm not going to spend fifteen. Yes, if a, a game month, is interesting and I play it and I don't like it, then I, I can move I'm on not to the next spend game. Fifteen dollars just to have a demo station. Of mm. games, I You're rather all my games. Good thing Digital you're not on an Xbox podcast. Delvin, <laughs> 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 oh. how was your weekend? Um, it was a, actually a really good weekend, man. I've been very active out in these streets. <laughs> I don't know if I can tell all those <laughs> stories, but yeah, I've, I've had a very good weekend out there, just living life. I've been playing. Um, I got PSVR the two this week. Ooh, so Ooh. I, I how you liking it? It's way better than PSVR one. It is light years mm-hmm. ahead of it. The games feel can more I, fleshed out, more full. Okay, oh, ask me which one. Oh, can I ask you? So, uh, have you seen a lot of talk about PSVR two, uh, like on your timeline or with friends or stuff like that? Because I'm not seeing a lot. I know people bought it and got it, but they're not saying much about it. So I was just wondering, have you seen it like on your side? I- I've seen it. But I think you're not seeing as much talk because the way they're selling it is more concentrated than you would normally see, like stuff sold. Like it's not in stores. You have to mm-hmm. buy it from PlayStation Direct. That's the yeah. only mm-hmm. way you can get one. 
So, yeah. so unless you're going to go buy it and wait a couple of days for it to get in, and then you add in the factor of this, it's expensive as hell. I, I got it because I came into a little bit of money. I'm like, I don't mind. We'll just get this. And that was kind of the thing I wanted to get, so I just got it because of that. But uh, it's really cool. It, like, I, I got um the Horizon game. I got the bundle. I think the bundle was $5.99. And it's Call of the Mountain. Call yeah. of the Mountain, yes. And I, I, I like, because the original PSVR, I, while I was cool, it felt more like a tech demo. Like the Batman game, where they say you can quote-unquote be Batman. It's fun, but you're not really Batman. You're just like, okay, let's go go to this spot. You have to press the button to go to this spot, go to this spot. You don't really get the feel of being Batman. Playing, going from that to going to what Call of the Mountain is, where they're like, hey, you can you see that little wall there? You can climb up that wall if you want to. You see this little thing? Some, somebody shot an arrow at you. You can pull the arrow out and throw it at them, <laughs> even if it's broken. There's, certain, there's so many things you can do that feel almost realistic and it looks better mm-hmm. it's just so cool i heard when you go get really close to someone and like in their face they actually back up and look at you weird because you're getting in their face yes it's That's little amazing. things like that that kind of just immerse you into the world and i i think that's really cool that they've gotten so much better at doing vr and even though it's, it's tethered it's tethered because you still have to have a cord, just one cord as opposed to the five they had when you had the original <laughs> PSVR, yeah. where you look like you was locked into the Matrix. Um, this one, wow, this one feels feels right. It just feels good. It, it's the most comfortable VR headset I've tried thus far, and I, I haven't felt any motion sickness playing it or anything like that. I'm having a blast with it. I like that's it. great. I think to your question, Ed, I think like. I, I think there's not been a whole lot of discourse, especially in like a lot of circles, because like it doesn't have a killer application yet. If this had like a Half Life Alex at launch, I think a lot more people would be talking about it. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I was going too. Is like I think a lot like a lot of the games are re-releases or up, mm-hmm. updates, right? Like they really, I think they said out of like the how many launch games were there? Twenty seven. I think only three or four of them were actually new games, right? Including yeah. Call of the Mountain. So. I think it does. I just think that people may have overestimated <laughs> the popularity of um, Horizon. Yeah, because that that's that's probably that's the killer app right there. But it's just like, oh, it's yeah. Horizon, and we just played Horizon not too long ago. Yeah, you know, Horizon also has the uh, I guess the unfortunate side effects of like they put out Horizon when there's like so much going on in the gaming world, it doesn't mm-hmm. ever have its own space to breathe. Yeah. You know, yes. so to speak, it's always bad timing on like release dates for Horizon. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, Horizon I, is, in my opinion, Horizon is Sony's best IP. It's my favorite Sony IP. It's one of mine too, right now. So, yeah, but I, it I always gets it. the Breath of the Wild treatment. So right. yeah, yeah. You know, it always gets compared to Breath of the Wild, and even the sequel is like, oh, it's good, it's great, but it's more Horizon. It, it, it doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as God of War in The Last mm-hmm. of Us does. Yeah, and I I think I think Horizon's better than God of War. I Ooh. I actually don't really care for the new God of War games like at oh, all. Interesting. What? Yeah, I stopped playing Ragnarok. I was like, I this is I'm I'm kind of done. <laughs> interesting. Ragnarok is an interesting game, so I, I love it. That, that's something the top off. <laughs> I'll finish it. I just I don't know. I got it. So I got I got my PS5 in December, November, December ish. And I got got I got the God of War bundle, 
and I played it. I I'm like I'm like 20 hours in, so I'm not like any, you know, I think I'm like halfway through. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just not grabbing me. And it's I, disappointing because I like I love God of War. I've been playing since PS2, right? I, I love that series. And like the the last one was like, I was like, this is good. But like, I just <laughs> I played it after I played Breath of the Wild and Horizon. And I'm just like, I, I those games are better in my opinion. And like, I hate, I hate, I hate Atreus. Like, oh my gosh, he's so annoying. I wish he would just, I hope he dies in this he's, game. Somewhere. He's better in Ragnarok, I will say. Yes, he is. No, he's not. A lot better. I, I will say, if you're 20 hours into the game and you haven't felt it yet, there's nothing in that back yeah. half of the 20 hours that's going to change your mind. I'm so, I'm so invested in Kratos, like, as a character at this point that I'm like, I got to see this through and see where, like, what's happening after it, this. It feels like a creative writing project at times because it's just like, oh, you guys are literally just making <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh, it's to not. It's not that bad. It's just like I just I'm feel ju- like I'm just saying the way that it feels. In the yeah. Story. No, I think Ragnarok. It's just like I feel like I've played this game already, <laughs> and well, yeah. I did like three, it, four years ago, and like her. I guess you could say the same about Horizon also, but like I don't know. There's just something different about Horizon's world and the and the robot dinosaurs and being out there crafting your stuff and. I don't know. I the, so it's funny because God of War, uh, Ragnarok. I I know Corey Barlog didn't direct it. It was uh, shoot, what's his name? I forget. Me. Yeah, I'm, right I'm, on the top of my tongue. Yeah. So he did an interview, and he said the what he's like. I am a. I'm not a visual person. I'm a spreadsheet Eric document. Williams. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric, like document person, and he said. The way I designed this game, the way I had to like kind of design the flow of this game was I had to make a spreadsheet, do this, go here, press button, go here, do this. And ever since I heard that interview, the when I play that game, I see all I see is a spreadsheet. All I see is that spreadsheet that he was talking about. And I'm like, uh... yes, this game is super linear. Yes, there's like a tra- trail over here, but then you got to go back. Right. It's not like when you're exploring, it doesn't feel like you're exploring when you're like in this open space, you can't really go in this open space because you kind of have to go where the path is leading you. And like, I don't know, ever since that interview, it like changed my perspective of the game. And now I feel like I can't enjoy it because this is what the game, the director said this was the game. So I don't know. I'll get back to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll get back to it. I'm going to finish it at some point, probably sometime in March or April. I've just been, you know, between having a Destiny podcast and how to keep up on Destiny, and then uh, we're doing a video game book club for Hogwarts Legacy. I have to finish that. Like, I'm just, in all the podcasts that we're doing, I'm just kind of swamped and on top of that work and life and balancing <laughs> things. So, you know. Uh, anyways, welcome welcome to PlayStation Podcast. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, uh, Sebastian, how was your weekend? It went pretty well. Um, you know, this feels like a big, eventful weekend for me for some reason because, like, it just felt like I went back to back doing a tons of different things. Like, I went and saw Creed three, really enjoyed that. Um, yes, also, yeah. you know, watched the USC fights with John Jones last night, so we did that as well and played a lot of uh, played a little bit of Wulong Fallen Dynasty and different things like that. So it just feels like it was like an eventful weekend, even though it was kind of like the same old, same old. Did you like the Wulong game? I didn't like I, the demo. 
at all. I like aspects of Wulong. I I think if you like Sekiro, you'll like Wulong more than I don't go into this expecting like Elden Ring. Go into this expecting like Sekiro meets no, Neo, and I think you'll like it a lot more. Okay. Well, that's what they're saying. Like if you like Neo, you'll you'll kind of like Wulong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you're like this Neo is... one and two, then you'll you'll really like this game. But I think like it's got the parry more of a parry system, very closer to like Sekiro, and like mm-hmm. the action feels more Sekiro-ish. So it kind of fuses those two kind of games really well. But I I like the aspect that it is more linear than Elden Ring, where Elden Ring was just this big sprawling world full of exploration that necess- that had like lore, but didn't necessarily focus on story. This mm-hmm. focuses on story and it's more of a linear experience, but it also still has a lot of those essence of like the Souls games, so to speak. So I like the game. I don't think it's perfect by any means. I, there are some, the game kind of feels cheap in some parts of like the difficulty spikes here and there, the random difficulty spikes, but I think it's a good game. I don't think this is a game of the year contender though. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what Game Pass is for, I guess. I, yeah, I, for sure. So yeah, so this is this is is the Neo team though, right? This is Team Ninja, yeah. right? So yeah, I when I played Neo One, I actually kind of liked it, and but I never like went back to it. <laughs> I never went back to it. I, play, I think I played it for like five or six hours. And I was like, man, this is fun. But Wolong, I think I'm gonna give it a try because it's on Game Pass. So it's a fun yeah. game. I you know, and it gives you a whole lot of different kinds of ways to play the game as opposed mm. to. I feel like Neo kind of gave you the illusion of options, and this mm-hmm. one actually explores options to the fullest. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, for me, um, enjoyed the day off. Actually got a new phone, but I haven't activated it yet. What um, kind of phone? I got a Moto G Power. Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I needed to get a new phone because my uh, old phone was not charging as it used to. And this plus is an old Android, so I had to update. So I just got to get that uh, working. Plus, my my old phone was about to expire, so I just had to go get a new one. Um, got some. Oh, a what whole you mean bunch your old phone deep... about to expire? Like, you made it the, sound like milk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make it sound like milk. <laughs> like, like, it's got a week no, left, guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's saying that you know, like the bill, like the, the uh, payment stuff that I do for it is about to expire. So oh, okay. I, I will carry over, carry over to it. Yeah, gotcha. Would they be like your services about to expire in a certain amount of days? I'm like, well, that's why I will carry it over to a new phone. And everything. Gotcha. So, gotcha, gotcha. um, got some Adidas stuff. I so everything that I would have brought at, at a regular Adidas store would have been like two hundred fifty dollars. I ended up getting it for like seventy four dollars. I was gonna say Adidas is probably real cheap right now. Well, I, we have an outlet mall well, with an outlet some. store in Adidas, and they got a whole bunch of stuff off for sixty to fifty percent off. Yeah. So I had to uh, stock up on some stuff. They are hemorrhaging money right now. Shoot, Big man. time. I when I went there Saturday and they were packed. They's like, you could come through the week if you're looking for good deals because it's not that busy. The cashier said, if you come Saturday or Sunday at any time, even when we open, we are fully packed. And I went at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, so yeah, it was, it was probably good. Mm-hmm. I was just Crazy. like, y'all should, be go- y'all should be going home, you Wisconsin people. Go. <laughs> nope, they were, they were out there packed. I'm like, okay. So, um, And I did pick up, I finally got my Kirby Deluxe, uh, got some headphones. 
part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly You're why we're getting 75 Kirby games this month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like just mm, what gross. For, for full no. price at that. The yeah. month of Kirby. No, gross. <laughs> Wait. Hell, hold on. I get full price for my Xbox and PlayStation. I know, games. Ed. I'm just kidding. You know that Kirby is like a big <laughs> joke around here. <laughs> You're part of the problem. What? I have it's Nintendo. I have to show my support. I got to get my Nintendo oh, games. Man. I showed my support by ignoring an, yet another Kirby title. <laughs> We're gonna get four more before the year is over. Yeah, I know. that's that's fine. I, I'm <laughs> all for fine. it. It's I'm not all fine. for it. I'm it's this not is all fine. for it. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Well, everybody, now it's time for Snackendo. Devin, what have you been snacking on? Oh. <laughs> Does this count? I went to like a a Mexican restaurant. Um, yeah, that counts. Uh, um, on a date Friday. Ooh. Oh. Boy, out here in the street in the streets. Was your date the snack, or was the food? Well, oh, she the definitely snack. went to snack. <laughs> <laughs> Mackity Mac. <laughs> she definitely was. But yeah, um, they have this like sampler platter, platter with um, empanadas and all this Spanish food. It was, it was so good. Mm. It was so much good Spanish food there, man. It was just, it was just a good vibe. Like um, a lot of culture. They every apparently this place has like is like a popular place to have like your birthday party at. So mm-hmm. while we're in the restaurant eating and talking. It, they, mm. Every five minutes, somebody would come out and just sing a happy birthday to some random person in the, in the place. I'm like, oh, wow, yes, that's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a cool vibe. Loud Spanish music. Now apparently, I have to go take salsa lessons lessons because she wants to go salsa dancing now. Mm. This restaurant. Oh, yeah. nice, a lot of fun. Do it. It's fun. It's really fun. Nice. It's cool. That's awesome. Mexican food is the best. Yes, it is. My that's favorite fun. too. Oh, so good. All right, Corey, what have you been snacking on? Uh, well, I so earlier I mentioned that I made the, made some like I made some quesadillas for dinner tonight. Uh, but it was so I chopped up some green peppers and onions, and put some spices in there, mm-hmm. and uh, had some ground beef and cheese and a little bit of chili pepper. Cooked it all up, put it in a you know, a giant tortilla and just cut them all up. We actually made too much. My wife didn't finish hers. And like, I shouldn't have finished mine, but you know, it was so good. I couldn't just let it go to waste. So I finished it. And then I look in the mirror and wonder why I look like the way I do. And it's because (laughs) I make too much food and then I eat it all. I I have to ask you a question, Corey. Mm -hmm. When you say spices, what are we talking about? Oh, just like, I mean, just like, uh, a little bit of like chili powder and some salt and pepper, and then some, uh, I don't know, whatever the mixed taco seasoning is okay. in the bag that comes <laughs> with the stuff. Good man. You know. I thought you were going to say salt. <laughs> uh, no. Like, no. no, salt Salt is not a spice. Salt is yeah. a uh, taste enhancer at yes. best. 
we'll say. That's the nice way of putting salt. Although, See, although Sebastian picking up what I'm putting down. I have to say, so last June I caught COVID for the first time, and ever since then I have added salt to everything I've eaten. Not that like, I, it's, like it feels like you're missing salt. Like it yeah, like- it just it just feels like it's just not tasting. It doesn't have enough taste to it enough, and so I'm like adding salt to everything, and like really got to stop that. But like I haven't been able to taste things the right way since then, and it's like. Man, sometimes like some of the things you hear is like some of it's scary and then some of it's like, hmm, that's that seems weird. But then like it happens to you and you're like, oh, well, yeah, and now I just I'm just going to taste things funny the rest of my life. So, sure. Yeah, I've heard a case where some people can taste chocolate afterwards. And yeah. I was just like, oh, that's a horrible world to live in. That is. Yeah. That sucks. Man. But yeah, so that that's what I've been snacking on. Oh, also last night we went to Casa del Rio, Ed. A place with the giant burritos. So yeah, that, that was, sounds good. Uh, it's like a, it's a, for those who don't know, it's like a local kind of Mexican restaurant around here. There's Casa del Rio and then there's Casa del Rio Express, which is essentially like Mexican Chipotle. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Sounds so, nice. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Sebastian, what have you been snacking on? Um, yeah, let's see. I guess it's just the theme of the show. I also had some Mexican food. Um, my wife and I do brunch every um, Sunday and such like that. So we like to try different brunch spots into the area. And, you know, she got some Migos and I got um, a like a Mexican meat lovers, um, like Mexican meat lovers breakfast platter. And mm-hmm. so I, I yeah, I kind of did that. Had some had some um, tortillas and such like that. Made some like tacos and such. I had like. Um, some chorizo had some bacon had some sausage with some eggs it was it was just mwah, chef's kiss so oh, that sounds that's amazing. kind of yeah that's what i was snacking on most of the day today that's amazing what? sounds oh. good well and did me, you have pizza hut or Domino's this week i had pizza hut <laughs> oh, no. it's always one of the two huh always oh. one of the two. so on, so on fridays i get pizza hut sometimes on the weekend weekdays when i'm at work i get Domino's. Be honest, so, which one you like better? Um, honestly, I would have to go with Domino's. I love yeah. Pizza Hut. I I do love Pizza Hut, but Is I it get it crust? once. Um, not for Domino's. Okay. I think I think Domino's toppings uh is better in a sense. Um, mm. because I'm not saying that uh Pizza Hut toppings are not good. And everything, but Pizza Hut has better crust and sauce than Domino's for me. So, um, back in the 80s, Pizza Hut was the thing. Like, I used to always go in, uh, we used to sit down. My mom would give me like 25 cents. I'm I'm at the arcade playing Double Dragon for the next three minutes because it had a timer (laughs) on it and and everything. Man, old. I know, I know, I'm old. I know, I'm old school. Double dragon. Uh, I know. Hey, shoot, that's how we used to do back in the days. Our demonstrations for video games is that you pay for them, and they were treated like arcade games because that's how they did Super Mario Brothers three before the game came out. They put in an arcade. You would pay twenty five cent to get like three minutes worth of play before the game came out. This is right after the Wizard had dropped. Man, Mario three. What a gem. Did I ever tell you I went to um, Super Nintendo World? The Nintendo World uh, Championships? Uh-uh. 
That was so long ago. They had they I was I had to be like seven or eight, and they came to uh, South Florida and they had um the little booth where you could play um Super Mario Brothers three and stuff like that. It was it was it was pretty cool. There's a video out there. Well, I I can't find. My dad probably has it. Of me dancing to a rap version of the Super Mario Brothers song. <laughs> yes, is it the were, same? They they were giving is it the out. Is the same as the TV? Uh, no, it's yeah, it's kind of kind of like the TV show. Okay, I remember it because they were giving out Nintendo fruit snacks, Super Mario Super, Super fruit snacks, and that was like wow. They would they would you would go there and you would take they like they give you a cassette tape of you dancing and singing, and they give you a pack of the Super Mario fruit snacks. Nice, nice man. Fruit yeah. snacks, man. By the way, so a side side tangent about Mario Three. Okay, so <laughs> my someone that I work with, I was in his office the other day, and he was showing me this thing. It was like a local TV station, but it was it was licensed Mario stuff. It was like called like King Koopa's Kids Club or something, and it was like. It, it was there. I don't even know how to describe it. It was some guy in a in a Bowser costume, mm-hmm. like marching with all these kids, and like the show was canceled because the guy who played King Koopa at the time was like a, a notorious drunk and abuser. Ooh, <laughs> that's crazy. That sounds about right. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? <laughs> this is just, oh man, I wish I could remember what the show was actually called and send you a clip of it. But man, it was. Wow. Uh uh I brought some um Captain Crunch Oops All Berries cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh How's the top of, of your mouth feel? Good. Fine. It's not like like just killed by sandpaper at this yeah. point. <laughs> no, I only have one bo- only have one bowl for breakfast. I'm like, goodness. What's That's all you need? Like- That's all it takes. Yeah. It no, really just like me. two or three bites, really. Not, not for me. I I just go go go. It's good. Now, if it was Honey Nut Cheerios, that whole box would have been gone before the podcast. Like, I love Honey Nut Cheerios. Um, I've been getting Dunkin' Donuts, uh, sweet pepper bacon uh, sandwiches, and I've been adding ketchup to it. Oh, it's so good with ketchup. I'm like, ooh, this is this is some anointings right here. This is new for me uh, and everything. Um, I gotta so say, that, Ed, like you make like I'm not a healthy eater at all, but you make me feel like I'm a healthy eater. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we go through this every week. Yeah, yeah, we like, go through uh, this. Yeah, he has like the the stomach of an iron. I don't know, a fly. raccoon, iron yeah. raccoon, basically. Yes, yeah. But I, but I, I mean, I eat my veggies. I drink my water. I, I don't believe I, that at all. Ed, French fries, French fries do not count as vegetables, Ed. Yes. I, I only get French fries when I'm off of work. And I'm getting the meal. I don't it's eat fresh like that. water. <laughs> I am drinking water. Oh, the judgment I get for for the food that I eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm saying this more out of concern than I am like. Just <laughs> judgment, no, no, I'm, I'm judging him. <laughs> y'all have been, y'all have Mexican food that that would team rocket your backs. Yeah. <laughs> y'all get 
I'll, yeah, I'll but laugh. we didn't have it three days a week, seven days in a row. But I don't have it. I'm just saying what I have eaten, what I have snacked on. I mean, I you your mouth is bloody from Captain Crunch. Like you had two forms, what one form of pizza this week, and what was the other thing? Um, like you you washed all that down with some Pepsi Peeps. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> no, I, I I did not wash all that down with no Pepsi Peeps. Yeah. You yeah. at this point, if if you died today, they they cut you open doing the autopsy, and you, all your blood would come out looking like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. the purple yeah. Ooze. Yeah. <sighs> I, I'd rather you be on crack than <laughs> drinking those peeps. It's at least at least just, I can explain that to people. What? Eddie, it's Eddie just, just had a rough time. With, it's it's, no, Pepsi it's not with. Just Pepsi. It's disgusting. Oh. It, it tastes yeah. good to me. The, right now, they can That's use the your problem. DNA and create the new Ninja Turtles. Oh. <laughs> Man. I cannot get away with anything that I eat. Nope. No, no. no. We just like messing with you. Uh. Thanks, Ed, for bringing joy to our lives. <laughs> uh, wait. Oh, okay. Just, just don't die. I don't feel like looking for a new co-host. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, everybody, it's time for Play With Power. Uh, Sebastian, have you been playing with power? Man, um, I I've been playing a Fire Emblem Three Houses again. I got into mm-hmm. got back into that, and I, it was more because I'm salty at Fire Emblem Engage because mm-hmm. like I wanted Engage to be more like Three Houses because like I liked I like the story aspect of of mm-hmm. like Fire Emblem Three Houses a lot, and Engage just feels like it was almost like the Super Smash Brothers of Fire Emblem where like all these characters just came in, but there wasn't really like a concrete story behind anything that went on in that game. Uh-huh. So it was almost like the game mechanics feel a lot better than they did in three houses, but the story suffered as a result. So I kind of missed that aspect. So I went back to the comfort food that is Fire Emblem three houses and started playing that again. So that's why I've been playing on the Nintendo side of things. Other than that, it's just been Lumo Fallen Dynasty on the other side of things. Do you think, uh, because engages by intelligence systems, the, the original developers of the Fire Emblem series. Um, have you experienced more of their games, or have you experienced more of the Kobe Tecmo uh, games? Kobe Tecmo, everything? probably. Um, yeah, like I, I only played like two Fire Emblem, like Fire Emblem games, and that was like the original. I believe I went back and played it before Three Houses just to kind of see how they kind of like started it over the years and then I played three houses. So it's one of those things to where I'm like, I, I three houses is the one that got me into the series and what I fell mm-hmm. in love with. And the story aspects were kind of the reason why I fell in love with those. And then to kind of get this other side of the fence, it almost felt like it was watered down in a way, like at least story wise and character wise. So I, I missed that aspect of it. Hmm. Okay. Did you play um, either one of the, like Engage this year? I I have Engage. Uh, I put it down because I had some other games that I had to play that I had that I had to get through. Like I had to uh, play through Norco uh, for our talk to walk, so I had to put Engage down for a bit. Um, but I am gonna get back to it. There's just like a whole bunch of stuff that dropped like on Nintendo that I jump around with and some stuff on Series X that I had to uh, that I've been working on um and everything so i just kind of just been jumping around but i uh i'll get back into engage in everything because oh. the oh i was just to Go say ahead. the the music in engage is amazing and i love oh, this artwork like the animation mm-hmm. i'm like i could watch a tv series of this there's something about when nintendo 
when their companies do like animation and stuff um with their graphics it's just like why is this not a tv series or a movie or something that i could just buy or sit down and just watch itself like it's just so good yeah yeah i kind of i kind of felt the same way you did about engage where like i i liked it but like man three houses is just to me three houses kind of story structure and just everything else with with that game was just it's everything is better like don't get me wrong engage is a beautiful game and it looks great and the environments are great and the battle system is is cool but like i miss the story elements and the social kind of stuff that yeah for sure you know and and i mean it's not like they're it's not like intelligent systems doesn't know how to do that stuff right i mean awakening is like the the pretty much the structure of which all these games are based off of now like mm-hmm. it's just i i wish i wish engage was different and i i ultimately think that three houses will go down as the better game on the switch when it's all said and done i think uh, so too i almost wish they would have just did three houses part two like yeah. at this point yeah um which reminds me man warriors did you hear <sighs> did you hear the the rumor that shez might be dlc for engage ed no oh man that'd be so cool yes i'm not for that shez is the coolest character from the three houses universe that's not in three houses she's yeah, only she's in from uh, warriors three hopes yeah um her the voice acting it's just her as a character design man she's like she's top tier yeah i almost wish she would have been the main character of three houses at this point like she was that whole storyline wow. that whole storyline in fire and warriors three hopes is really good and it ties really well into the main story of three houses that like i kind of wish byleth would have been like a secondary figure almost in a way but I, also I then that. also then like three houses i guess probably wouldn't make sense either so if you did that but i i really like shez i hope shez gets her own game at some point is she would fit well if like they did a next gen like a next gen version of Super Smash Brothers. She would yeah. I, she would fit really well into that. Oh, I yeah. think they will. I think she mm-hmm. she will. Um, well, uh that's all you've been playing? Uh Yeah, Smash that and um if you remember the Nintendo Direct from like a month ago, I they had a baseball game, e baseball power pros. It was mm-hmm. the baseball yeah, the game. Konami that they, one. Yeah, that they um showed off for a dollar. I've been playing that. It's it's right. It's one of those weird, like, it's a weird game, but it's a fun little sports game, and it's kind of easy to pick up and play and kind of, like, mindlessly play away with. So those are the, the two major games I've been playing on Switch lately. Yeah, nice. that the I, I'm still got to pick it up. I think that's the first one from Konami in America because it's oh, yeah, popular sure. in Japan, but it's never been here. So uh, that is a big surprise. Uh, for me, uh, Metro Prime Remaster, um, I'm close to the end of the game. Uh, I just gotta uh, search and find those uh, the statues or and everything like their clues, um, and then fight uh, Metal Ridley and then get to the end boss. Man, this game looks still looks so good <laughs> and it feels so better in sixty frames per second. Like I, I, I think that's kind of what took the talk from PSVR two. Um, because all I seen on my timeline was people playing the digital version, playing it for the first time, getting the physical and like everything. Like that's all I seen people talk about. 
uh, was a Metroid Prime remaster, and people are still talking about it. Like they're still buying the game. I know Europe and the U and uh Japan just got their physical and everything, is and people been showing it off that they get it. Like I think Metroid is having a resurgence because uh, once Metroid Fusion drops uh, Thursday. Like a lot of people are, they they say I'm ready to play through the whole series from the original Metroid to uh, Dread. Like air, people are ready to replay all five of those games and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, Octopath Traveler Two, this game is addictive. <laughs> like I've been putting so many hours. I'm already at 24 hours, and I just got my last character. I'm just now starting the second chapters of everybody. And I think I'm a little bit overpowered. Like I've been grinding and everything, but the voice acting is really good. The music is phenomenal. Like I'm ready to like nominate it for game of the year for music and everything wow. as best soundtrack. Like it's really up there. I mean, I still got ways to go with other games like hi-fi rushes. Like, that music is really good, and that's a, a big nomination for me for a soundtrack. Um, but like Octopath Traveler Two, man, just so good um, for it. And I think a lot of people been jumping around to that game. Um, I didn't get the Final Fantasy There's a Rhythm yet, um, but I do want to pick that game up and give it a try. I've been seeing a lot of people play it, and the game is kicking a lot of people's tail on a hard mode and stuff. So, mm-hmm. do you feel uh, like Octopath Two is better than the first one? Oh heck yeah, yeah! It's way easier to like grind to get money, um, and the stories are better and everything. They like flow, they flow better and stuff. I think Octopath and, One. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, do you feel like the introduction of the characters were done a lot better in this game as opposed to like sort of like the piecemeal aspect that they did in the first one? So, um. That part, not really, um, and the, and I think the reason being is is that if you if you don't take the time to like get powerful before you even like get through the first section of the game, even before that chapter ends, you could lose a battle in the first five minutes of the game. Oh wow! And uh, and I think in and I think in one, um. If you like, if you let them teach you and everything, you'll get through it. But like, if you don't take the time to learn that battle system, you can die, um, and everything. Uh, what I do like about it though is that they, depending on, because they now have like easy, normal, and hard. Depending on what setting you go to, if you defeat your first enemy, like you learn it, you defeat your first enemy, you're able to go up a level automatically, because like. You can get if you hit like three or four times for the enemy, like you don't defend or you don't like power up. Um, you could get hit and like one hit is taken off almost like twenty five percent of your health. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Wow. So, um, it's very like I said, it's very challenging. But if you you know take the time to like grind, I think they're they're trying to make this more than just a forty hour RPG. They're trying to make it close to like 60 to 70 hours. You know, you get these stories, but you really, um, you really got to like take the time 
and get powerful because there's some chapters like you can't even get to chapter two until your to that character is like level 25 so if you do not like work on that character you're going to get <laughs> you're going to get murdered but luckily there are some chapters in it that you can just go interact and the chapter's over with okay that sounds fun so yeah so um that's yeah I, but i'm loving octopath traveler too and everything i'm gonna be jumping into before your eyes uh for i talk to walk for march i'll be buying that on pc and playing it it is so good it is really good yeah i've been hearing a lot of a lot of things about it and i'm ready to experience it so i'll be getting that like in a couple uh like by probably like the end of this week and everything yeah be prepared um because get some tissues ready you're gonna cry that you gonna cry man you know what i'm not there's a lot of stuff that takes a while for me to cry when it comes to games or or music or like i think the last time i actually cried over something game related is when satura iwata passed away that was the last time oh okay it's, it might be the Pepsi Peeps and mutated your tear duct. <laughs> no, this I think I'm I think I'm so used to some of the emotional stuff and some there's sometimes when I know if I feel like it's very cliche, it takes me out of the game. Or it takes me out that emotional thing. Like you really got to really drop my jaw and be like, wait, what? And make me feel emotions and stuff. Other than that, yeah. Like okay. I I'll I would literally feel I felt better emotions playing The Last Guardian than any other game that I have oh, played. Besides, I like, you. yeah, besides like Norco or something like that. Oh. Okay, but, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because it is a very emotionally charged game. But like, you might not cry, but I feel I feel like you'll resonate with it at least. Yeah, I'm. We're supposed to be doing um that cast that uh dragon named Cancer in the year two. Mm-hmm. In this year, and I know that one deals with the uh, man's baby having cancer and everything, and how he developed that game. So I can't wait to play that because they were just like people who play that is like it's an automatic tear checker and stuff. So. Yeah, <laughs> Corey, what have you been playing with power? Well, nothing really that important to Nintendo people. Uh, so I've been playing I've been playing a lot of Destiny, like I said earlier. Uh, I played through the entire Lightfall campaign in like <laughs> a day, like a, a couple hours. Like I, I've, I, I think that it is a step down from the Witch Queen for sure. Uh, but overall, I think the expansion brings a lot of good quality of life changes. And the season, um, <clears throat> the kind of this part that doesn't really have to do with the expansion. Um, I don't know if you guys are destiny players or not but um after the after the major campaign there's uh four seasons throughout the year and the first season has started the season of defiance and it is it is pretty cool um i really like the story they're telling uh right now it the story begins right after the campaign so uh, yeah i don't want to give anything away because i know a lot of people that listen to the show also listen to uh tower casuals my destiny podcast but uh you know it the story's going places i like strand the new subclass it's it's really cool the they added grappling hooks to destiny which is like just hilarious uh 
but I'm actually finding myself using it a lot more than I expected. Um, I also, as a Titan main, have this kind of slashing ability, and one of the aspects allows, like, if you charge someone and you slash them, it ties them up and strand, like, these little green ropes that just has them dangling there. So they're just dangling there, and you can shoot them, and they can't do anything about it. It's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Does it feel like Halo Halo Infinite's grappling section? Grappling? Uh, no, it feels better, honestly, okay. than Halo Infinite. I really liked Halo Infinite's grappling. Uh, I thought it was a great addition to the game, but Strand feels better. Um, I feel like you have more control over it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, in, in Halo Infinite, you just shot your grappling hook, and that's where you went, right? Whereas... With strand, if you're if you kind of know what you're doing with it, you can kind of like swing around or swing up and over, or you know you can manipulate it more than you could just a regular grappling hook. So it's super oh, cool. So you go like more vertical. Yeah. The only thing is the grappling hook. If you're using the grapple, you don't get a grenade. So that's the trade off. But you also have three powerful melee abilities instead of one so that's also a trade-off but you can also switch out the grapple for grenades you have to go kind of unlock them but uh, you know they're kind of secondary to the whole strand thing but it's cool i like it a lot <coughs> um the new the new area neomuna is super cool it's very neon very like a lot of pinks and purples and you know teals and just very very kind of retro arcadey kind of like sebastian's background to be honest it's very cool uh a lot of secrets to find very the city is very vertical obviously to do with the uh uh obviously to do with the the grapple and getting you to higher places and stuff so that's super cool the cloud strider characters are interesting um they're the new kind of I don't want to say race because they're technically humans, but the new kind of super powered beings that you meet for the first time are interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of Lightfall in a nutshell. I am very excited to see where the story goes, but I'm also concerned that we only have a year left to tie up all of these loose ends that are kind of dangling out there mm-hmm. uh, because the final shape is it, and that's February. So are you telling me you only have four seasons to wrap up all these storylines or are you going to kind of like curate some of these for what happens after the final shape? Uh, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot going on and I'm excited, but concerned that they have opened too many doors that they can't shut. Uh, huh. Is this supposed to lead into like so-called destiny three in a sense next year? Well, the final shape is the end of the light and dark saga, which was has been going on since the first Destiny, right? So Destiny 1, Vanilla, through the final shape is the light and dark saga. Lightfall is meant to be the, to put it in Marvel terms, the uh, Infinity War to Endgame, as Destiny, or Bungie has also said. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be called Destiny 3, but there's going to be a lot of things happening after final shape to kind of, it's going to be a jumping on point for a lot of people. I think just because the storyline has been going on for so long and they're finally going to wrap it up and new characters are being introduced. Other characters are kind of going away in one shape or another. So we'll see, but 
Destiny's in a really good spot right now, though. A lot of the changes they've, they've brought to the table the last year or two have just really been great. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I, I've been playing a lot of that the last week and a half. I've also been playing a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. Same. Uh, that game is also incredible. I I would probably be taking more time with it if I didn't have to have it done in two weeks for our book club. I just I I in when we're done, I might actually play it again and just take my time with it and really kind of absorb it or go mm-hmm. through and do the rest of the side stuff uh, because that game is really that is a special game and I didn't know Avalanche would have it in them right. I mean, you think about you think about Avalanche, you think about what Disney Infinity, think of Cars, cars. right, mm-hmm. which. Don't get me wrong. Great, great games in their own right for what they were. But to create this world so lovingly crafted and make a great game out of the Harry Potter IP is like. It's incredible, and <coughs> I'm I'm blown away by it uh, as a how Harry big po- of a Harry Potter fan. Are you what? How big am how big I? The, uh-huh. I I wouldn't say I'm like a super fan, uh, but I really like that world and um I like so I I read all the books when they came out, right? Like okay. I read all the books when they came out. I've watched all the movies several times. My wife's a pretty big Harry Potter fan. We're not a we're not big fans of the Fantastic Beasts movies, but you know, understandable so. I I understand. The reason why I asked is because like uh you know, I'm a Harry Potter fan as well, but like I think the world is, and I don't want to get into making this that y'all are going to do a Harry Potter like discussion pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But you know, like to counterpoint though, I like I think this is a good game, but not a great one. And the reason because is like I think a lot of what they were going for succeeds, but then there's a lot of um, I don't think they built the world out as as fully fleshed out as what a lot of Harry Potter fans wanted, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, yeah, there's there's definitely things in the game that I I can pick apart and say, oh, well, there's no Quidditch. And that's a pretty big part of the Harry Potter universe, right? There's, you know, some story things that happen to make you special. And it's like, well, I guess you kind of have to do that because it's a video game, right? Uh, Yeah. Are the unforgivable curses, though? I'm like, in the lore of Harry Potter, I'm like, that's a one-way trip to Azkaban. They even say it in the dialogue of the game. And yet you you can go around doing those curses in front of everyone. Yeah. And like this is a um, this is like a a an IP that's built on a morality system. This game didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you know that you have house points, you also have mm-hmm. the, the what's right and wrong in the in the world as a whole, and it doesn't adhere to those kind of mm-hmm. rules in the lore that it's trying to live up to. Yeah. So I think, but I do think this is a good game. I don't want to. Yeah. No, I I agree with you on all those points. Um, I just I think my. The way the way that I'm playing it, and the because I'm I'm trying to be like the good person, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, I just think the way that I, I don't I don't know I'm more enthralled with like being in the world than actually what's going on. I think too, and uh, I just really like playing the game. And yeah, I the the stuff with like the the unforgivable curses and and those types of things, and you know when you you they even like when you go down into the uh what's it called where, where you follow sebastian and you learn how to set things on fire right they, oh the, the the i can't remember under, what it's called but the under the script, something. something yeah yeah uh 
like he said, this is going to get you in trouble and could possibly get you expelled. And then you can go around and there's literally puzzles in the castle that involve this spell and you're just doing it in front of everybody. Like, okay, yeah. But at the end of the day, I kind of, you kind of have to realize, well, this is a game, right? And you kind of got to like, to get as many people in as possible, even those that aren't hardcore gamers, like you got to let them play in the world, right? And so I kind of wave those off as like, this is a, Harry Potter is a huge IP that's going to get a lot of people into games and into this into this game, right? And so, you know, whatever. I I wish there were a couple things that were different, but overall, I think I think this game is pretty fantastic. Uh, if I was if I was to put a score on it, I would probably give it like an eight five. I can I can understand that. I you know like I look at IP games and I sort of look at like how well you how well do you live up to like the lore that was already established before mm-hmm. your IP came into place and like. When I look at Spider-Man, like the Spider-Man games or look at like the Arkham games, those games like completely live up to the lore around it. And like in Arkham's case, like often has a world that evolves as you take down bosses and such. And the mm-hmm. NPCs in Hogwarts Legacy don't evolve to any of the actions that go around you for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I hope they can address for a sequel. And it'll mm-hmm. obviously a sequel if it hasn't been greenlit already will obviously get greenlit right this oh yeah 10 it's already sold copies. yeah yeah it's already sold what like 12 or 13 million copies over a billion dollars in sales like this game sold a ton so yeah i i hope they can add the quidditch stuff my theory is that they're gonna have the uh tri wizard tournament and maybe you'll go to another like another school uh like the african school they sent mm-hmm. the roots for in the game yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh who's the character natty the where she's mm-hmm. from right that's yeah that's where i'm kind of thinking so we'll see but overall I, i'm really enjoying it and then uh the last thing i'm playing is disney dreamlight valley because for some reason i can't get enough of that game so you know gotta gotta sell goofy all my carrots so i can plant more <laughs> and sell them again because i need all the money to upgrade everything that's my end goal, right? I'm just going to upgrade everything and not do any of the quests and just, you know, live my life in this valley. That's it. All right. All right, Delvin, what have you been playing with Power? Um, I've been playing a little Metroid Prime a little bit. I, I got into it. That is a beautiful Switch game. It looks great for a remaster. I, I think it really looks great. Having a great time with it. Um... I, I played the original one, so it's not like it's treading new ground in it. But mm-hmm. the, the changes they made to it feel right, and I, I, I appreciate. I just appreciate how, how well it looks and how good it is. I, and apparently, people love this game because they're my, my son, for example, went to buy the physical copy of it because he wanted it to own it that bad. Like, and I think a lot of people are doing that buying. It digitally and physically, so I, I see why mm-hmm. it's a it's a really good remaster of the game. Yeah, the fact that they added normal first person shooter controls to it m- makes that game infinitely they, better. Yes, by it itself, does. makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Also, I am playing a game. I, I'm quite sure you guys heard of it. Playing Fashion Police Squad. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. that that banger. Yes, yeah. yes, I am having a blast. Playing that game and shooting people who can't dress <laughs> with clothes. <laughs> with clothes. It's it's such a fun, silly type. I guess what you want to say, like um reminds me of the old school games like Doom and Wolfenstein mm-hmm. when you just walk around this 
these little arena type rooms and you shoot people and with clothes who who are not fashionably upset <laughs> and they kind of just say things like super and fabulous. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just a fun, silly game. And I I just like it so much. It's just a blast. Man, I'm That's gonna cool. go around saying I'm fabulous and see what happens to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I will tell you guys this little funny anecdote. So my daughter, I didn't know she was doing this, started playing for the first time Super Mario 3. Oh, okay. I'm watching her play it as a person who never played it before. And I didn't realize she didn't know about the warp zones. Oh, wow. So she's playing it by level by level. The way that it was intended to be played. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, wow. I I've done that. I've, I've, I mean, yeah, we've I've all played. done that. We've all technically done that at one point. But like, yes. look, the last time I played Super Mario Brothers, I tried or Super Mario Three, I tried to do that, but I got the warp whistles just in case. But like, I got to a point somewhere, I think in gi- the giant world, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. So I, I just warped to World Eight. I was like, let's oh, just wow. get it. Oh wow! No, I I went through. All levels for that game. I, for all the Mario games, I went through all the levels um, and everything because I wanted to see what mm. challenge they actually going to give me um, mm. playing it. We need a new TD Mario. Yeah. 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 Super Mar- mm. New Super Mario uh, U Deluxe for Switch. It's I'll say, super underrated. Just saying. I thought it was underrated when it came out on the Wii U. Hold on. We do have the lost levels, the old school one for the no, NES. No, that's not new GPA. though. That's not. But new. who here has played it? I played. I mean, it. I have, but it's I'm at, not I'm the great. Super Nintendo one. I'm talking about the NES one that they dropped on. I, I'm Switch also talking about the NES one. It was on Wii Virtual Console. That's where I played it for the first time. Yeah, I think that's where I played it too for the first time. Oh, I thought it was just the. Uh, nope, you're wrong, Ed. Remake. Wrong. Okay. It's time for a new one, though. It it's is. like it's been so long. It's time for a new one, and it's time to find out what the Odyssey team has been making. Yeah, yeah. No, I think 3D World needs a sequel. I do too. 3D World's 3D World is my favorite. Yeah, it's really Mario good. game. It's amazing. Yes. Well, everybody, it's time for Femi News. Corey, take it away. All right. Uh, so yeah, Femi News. Let's talk about. Nintendo Switch and it being six years old. Uh, the Nintendo Switch turned six years old on March 3rd with its anticipated release in 2017. Many were concerned uh, yet excited for this hybrid console. During these past six years, the Switch has uh, hit many milestones and with the system hovering around 122 million units and growing, the Switch has changed the landscape of and players uh, who enjoy games. What do you think the Nintendo Switch of the Nintendo Switch now, and what games have you enjoyed on the platform? Um, so, for I know we have uh, since we kind of started this podcast, there's a lot of newer listeners, and Ed and I, Ed and I started this podcast. I think the first real game we covered was what uh, Paper Mario at some point, uh, <laughs> the Color Splash, not not yeah. the Switch version. So, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs with Nintendo, but I think we kind of we'll say the Wii U was kind of our test run, <laughs> test run, mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously, we kind of moved on from there. But 
the Switch is such an amazing console in a lot of ways. It gives me a lot of headaches in a lot of ways, too. Don't get me wrong. But I think overall, my favorite thing about the Switch is that it took what Nintendo is great at, you know, handhelds and games. And and instead of focusing on two or three pieces of hardware at a time, they only had to focus on one. They had a lot of leeway in new games and ports from the Wii U and Wii and, you know, obviously now we're moving more into the GameCube direction, (laughs) which Ed and I are going to have that conversation at some point too. Uh, And they just, they took what everybody wanted. They wanted a great handheld experience from Nintendo because Xbox and PlayStation have been so dominant on the TV side of things for so long. And they allowed you to plug their handheld console into the TV, right? And that's all. That's all they've been trying to do for years, right? You look at the, you look at the Game Boy Advance and how they tried to plug that into the GameCube with the Game Boy Player and those stupid plugs that you had to buy uh, to play Pac-Man World and and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and Four Swords, right? Uh, you look at the Super Game Boy. You look at all these weird things. Even Pokemon Stadium on N sixty four, they had the weird transfer pack that you plugged in your controller. Nintendo's been trying to do this and find a way for so long. And like the Wii was close. And what I've always told Ed is that the Wii U was the switch concept backwards where like, Oh, you put the, you put the console in the controller and then you just plug the controller in. That makes sense. And then we got the switch and not, you know, yeah, I have problems with the switch. I think their online uh, infrastructure is still pretty bad. I think their store kind of sucks still. Uh, but I think what they're uh, the things that they're doing right, like the expansion pass and Nintendo Switch Online stuff in particular for their classic games, I think is a great idea. Um, you know, adding expansions to your favorite games to the expansion pass is also a great idea. Um, obviously, they've produced tons of hit games, right? I mean, <laughs> all their games sell 10 million Clean units a piece each or more. I mean, you look at Mario Kart 10, Mario Kart 8, it's 50-something million units. That's insane, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I don't know. I really like the Switch. I I have a lot more to say about it, but, I mean, I think we should probably let our guests go because, you know, they probably have thoughts. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, we do have thoughts. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for a question. <laughs> Ask the question. Sorry, yeah. I, I guess I could have probably set that up better. My bad. Yeah, no, it's all cool. It's all good. I mean, um, Devin, do you want to go first? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I think the Switch proves what people have been saying, kind of saying for a long time. Because when the Switch, before the Switch came out, they were like, handhelds are dead. Nobody wants a handheld console. And the Switch was like, nah, we're going to bank our whole our whole model on handheld. And it, this is this cool handheld hybrid that I think is just. It's, just, it's an amazing system. I know it, it has its shortcomings now and it's kind of starting to show its age. But when you think of like the first day that Switch came out and how those games sold oh. so well, they were like, hey, remember one, two, three Switch? <laughs> this is what they were giving us. We were yes. just eating yes, all I that rem- stuff up. <laughs> I remember that. My So funny, funny thing about one, two Switch, my nephews love one two switch every time they come over here they ask to play one two switch every time they're 10 and 8 
and they love it. My my one nephew is like super into Fortnite, but like every time he comes over here, he's like, can we play? Can we play one two switch first? Uh, and they want to play the sword catching game and the cow milking game. They think the cow milking game is one of the funniest things they've ever done. And so, like, I just stand here corrected. I'm like, well, maybe maybe we don't know what people want. You know, I mean, <laughs> we always make fun of one, two switch. And it's just like, what what is going on with this yeah. game? And then, you know, you look at I think we kind of forget sometimes as people who maybe consider ourselves, quote unquote, hardcore gamers, that some people don't care and that my my brother in law bought a switch for street fighter because he loved street fighter. He didn't, I mean, he got Zelda, but he didn't care about Zelda, right? He's not like a huge Zelda fan, but he bought it for street fighter and Bomberman and stuff like that. And it's like, man, this thing just kind of appeals to everybody, <laughs> whether we kind yeah. of realize it or not. I agree. I think the, 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 the beautiful thing about the switch is I feel like, um, when it comes to P well, P I guess now PS five and Xbox series X, Taking that in can be a little daunting because mm-hmm. you know you got the system's expensive, both systems are expensive. It's, there's a lot that comes with it. You got to know what you're doing. The Switch just kind of feels like it's plug and play. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can, anybody can figure it out. Um, kids, and it, it feels so diverse for this library in terms of like, hey, you got your Metroid, you got your Splatoons, you, then you also got your games like Mario, you got your Zeldas. That almost, in a weird way, appeal to everybody, uh-huh. and and, and it's, to me, the, the the cool thing about the Switch to me that I always appreciate that when I hear people talk about the Switch, they they always say, even people who are like PlayStation gamers, or Xbox gamers, they always don't include Switch in that. And they say, yeah, I have a PS Five and a Switch, or I have mm-hmm. an Xbox and a Switch. And I think it's just one of those things where people just kind of look at Nintendo now, like, "Hey, we love Nintendo, and it's gonna be it's gonna be in our lives, and the Switch is gonna be in our lives." It's just not necessarily like how we either have to have a PlayStation or Xbox. No, the Switch is just we're gonna have a PlayStation and a Switch. It's mm-hmm. our secondary console, and mm-hmm. I think that's really cool that Switch has kind of gotten to that point, especially when you look at how the Wii U was treated. The Wii U. Nobody wanted that. <laughs> like there was a thing where people were like, I remember when um I think it was Christmas a few years when the we when you came out. I was walking in the store with my now ex-wife. Uh, me and her was in the store with my kids. And we were walking by GameStop. We had no interest in buying a Wii U. We were like, oh, our whole thing was that we were sold out everywhere. We're not gonna know where we're gonna find a Wii U at all for my kids, right? So we, we that was the furthest thing from our mind. We were walking by GameStop, and there were stacks of Wii U at island to me, just sitting there. And I'm like, huh. And I asked the guy, are those for sale? I'm like, yeah, please buy one. And, <laughs> like, and I'm like, that can't be good. That This is like launch week, and all these Wii U's are just sitting here, and no one's buying them. This is like holiday, holiday weekend. This is like around November. And it was just stacks that we used there. Nobody was buying them. So I ended up buying a Wii U for my kids for Christmas, just off an of impulse because it was like, okay. I didn't think I was going to be able to find it, but it's right. It's clearly right here. And I just bought one, and that was the thing. And going from that 
to going to the launch of the Switch, waiting in a long line of people just like at a Best Buy, of people just excited for a Switch and going to get one for myself for, my, for Christmas. I think when, when that when the Switch came out, How, uh, spring, right? Yeah, yeah. March. Yes, yeah, March. Yeah, March. Just sitting in a long line in March, like after the holiday season, a long line of people just waiting for the Switch, and I'm just sitting in that line like, all right, this seems like it seems right. And I, I, that kind of just shows you the power and how excited people were for Switch. Because when you didn't have that buzz, the Switch and even the silly commercials the Switch had <laughs> where mm-hmm. everybody's like playing on rooftops and stuff like that. I mean, you didn't throw your cool th- rooftop party with your Switch when you got it? <laughs> oh, man. We, we don't out. have rooftops in my mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we don't have rooftops in Akron either. So don't worry about it. <laughs> wow. Uh. So yeah, um, I happy birthday to the Nintendo Switch. The six years, it's been a good six years. Um, we've gotten some bangers like the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. Um, I would even throw Kirby and the Forgotten Lands in there. Fire Emblem. Uh, You're part of houses. the problem. I I that's that's the only Kirby game that I think is like high titular Kirby. I think the rest of them are just you know run of the mill kind of like you know run of the mill Kirby games. I'm gonna be honest. Let's, let's let's be honest. Which Kirby? That was the only Kirby game that felt like it could be a game of the year contender. Like the rest of them felt like they were just oh, so shovel we're not or Kirby. Talk about uh, uh, the claymation one on Wii U. You can't even remember the name of it. Canvas, or, uh, Ram- Rainbow Curse. Rainbow Curse. Rainbow Curse, yeah. I didn't yeah. want to say Rainbow Road. That's why, because yeah. I'm doing I'm doing a ranking Mario Kart stuff. And no, Rainbow but it, it's been a really fun time with the... It's been a really fun time with the Nintendo Switch. It's been six years. I do think, like... I, I hate to be the negative Nancy in the room, but, like, six years, we're starting to feel it. We are really starting to feel it. I wish we could get a Switch Pro or a Super Switch or a <laughs> Switch with an SSD, at least. You know, like... To be fair, we've been feeling it for about three years. But, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Not me. For sure. But I mean, you know, like the Switch is almost like it, it was almost like a heavyweight boxer. It was at the top of its top of the the heap, so to speak. Everyone, everyone loved it. And now it's like it, you can start to feel like some of the other people in the room now are f- like starting to actually be able to touch it, like actually crack its face open. It's like that Superman adage in the um, in Batman versus Superman where he's just like, I can make God bleed, so to speak. And it's it's that you know pokemon scarlet and violet was that that like wake up call for a lot of people so there it was like oh oh no games run on like this on the switch now and mm-hmm. now we have that now we it has that narrative about it even if every game doesn't play like that because xenoverse played really well last year yeah like even if it doesn't have that narrative like on every game now because the most one of the most popular games on it played like old serp at ihop it has that narrative <laughs> behind it so so what I'm saying is like long story short is that we're feeling the age. We we really need a Switch Pro. We need a Switch 2, a Super Switch, whatever you want to call it. Like we need that right now and quite frankly I you know I know some people who are absolutely like actually worried about like Tears of the Kingdom. How is it going to play? How is it going to look? Is it going to be the best game it possibly can be on the Switch? Like it, the narrative's out there. We need one now. It's so again Oh, ahead, I was just, I was just gonna go real quick. Like it's funny that you bring up 
like Pokemon and stuff because we were having that conversation and then we turn around and play Metroid Prime Remastered, which granted it's mm-hmm. a remaster, but you know, they put a lot of work in some of the asset. I, I would man, it's really floating that line of a remaster and a remake at this point. And but it really like is. it runs at a flawless 60 frames a second. The graphics are great. Samus looks great. The you know, the skyboxes look great. It's just like, man, you have something like this running on the switch at 60 frames a second and it looks like this. And then you turn around and you look at Pokemon and it's like, oh, my gosh, this this game looks like it barely run on a 3DS. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. man, yeah. it, it, it again, it's the Nintendo problem of who's using the hardware correctly and who's not. And like, we got to get to a point where, like, it shouldn't matter who's using the hardware. We're just going to get great games that run great. And it doesn't exactly. Matter. Exactly. And I mean, you don't have that problem with the other systems. It's sad to say. I'm like, well, at that point here's what i'm saying though you don't have that problem where you blame the system yeah is where you have that problem it's like oh that game got bottlenecked because of the system becomes the the system's capabilities yeah like don't get me wrong we got the gotham knights of the world yeah. to where like we like well that game kind of runs poorly but like we don't blame gotham knights on the on xbox or playstation yeah yeah right because well, that's third party Instead yeah, of them blaming were, the developers. I think that weren't they blaming the Series S though? And it's like, well, no, because Harry Potter or Hogwarts Runs Legacy. Really well. Yeah. So I play it on Series X in my office, but I have a Series S in my living room and I keep like four or five games on there. And like <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy runs really well on the Series S. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a, a clean 60 frames a second, but it gets there. Like it'll run there oh consistently 50 and up though. yeah i yeah. i've never had a dip under 50 so yeah. i'm like it, it's one of those things to where i'm like uh and i i heard i heard you ed mentioned the you know that's that like first party so to speak but like you don't have any questions about sony first party games right now like you don't have <laughs> where because there's none there to play to talk about so that's, what I, there's a ton of sony first party fur k uh, ratchet and clank fur k you mm-hmm. have returnal yeah. you have um you have god of war you have a rise of forbidden west i'm like there's tons yeah. of games now but, okay compared, Xbox, compared to the li- compared to the list of games that nintendo has released throughout the years of switch i want to i want to point out that uh, just to kind of play devil's advocate a lot of the sony first party stuff is also on playstation 4 at this point that's true that i mean true. yes Returnal, I would actually point to as probably the one game that you could say, okay, maybe this probably can't run on a PlayStation 4. And yeah. some, I mean, it probably could, but you would have to do a lot of work to it because it uses that SSD, right? Flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, Ratchet and Clank is another one I would probably say yeah. shouldn't probably be ever touch a PS4. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but also that doesn't excuse this, this, some of the stuff that is going on on the Nintendo Switch either. Because that, man, sometimes I'm like, man, I love this console so much. But then the Pokemon stuff comes up. Or what was the other game we played last year, Ed, that was like, it was awful on Nintendo Switch. And I would just say, please don't was buy it. Was it Arceus? No. No. Arceus was good. Yeah. Besides no. Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Oh, don't bring, no, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a, is, is a sore subject for me. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to look it up because there was a game. What was the game? It's really gonna bother me, but, but keep going. And I'll just I'll just blurt it out when I find it. Um, 
just keep but, just talking. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I do think there's an argument there that it's really I don't want the narrative there to be like the switch is holding games back is what I'm getting at. And, yeah. you know, I, I think you're right. Like, you know, there is a a discourse like Corey was saying, like there's some people who just don't know how to use the hardware right, but like are use the hardware right for their particular project. But I'm like, you know, that was Game Freak. I'm like Game Freak and Nintendo have been like knee deep brother it's been a brother to brother like combination for as long as i can remember at that point if anyone should know how to use nintendo hardware correctly it should be them you know mm-hmm. i'm like that. yeah so that's what i'm saying i'm like that one sort of feels like it's no excuse for that you know yeah yeah and like i said nintendo really didn't have much to do with that uh, because most of the Pokemon stuff that's with the Pokemon company and Game Freak. Yeah, Pokemon but Nintendo should to... know if they're putting a game out on their platform. They should know, especially something as important to their mm-hmm. platform as Pokemon. Like yeah, for sure, they need they need to do better, right? I, I'm sorry, they need to do better. And I know that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold 15, 18 million units, and you know it was one of the best selling Pokemon games of all time. I don't care, like quality matters it's, yeah and yeah. it's funny i don't know if you guys listen to ig and game scoop or not but they have this section with now. damon yeah yeah they have the uh nintendo seal of quantity and it's you know they about all the games that come out every week and some the of shovelware them, yeah and some <laughs> of it are good and some of them are bad and it's just like pokemon and one day if pokemon keeps this up they're going to be on that list of like just bad games that come out on nintendo and it's like you can't have your most important franchise granite right like mario obviously face of nintendo zelda but like pokemon is arguably their most important franchise by far and you can't have it running like garbage you just can't no for sure and and i mean uh, you brought up the first party conversation if playstation would have had any game like any game such as God of War or Horizon running like that on like on the PS5, they people would ignore the- people, people would yes. ignore it and still and they still no. would have sold. People would have had a fit. No, oh, please. people would have it, it, it put it like this: if Spider-Man runs like runs like um, Pokemon did this fall, mm-hmm. the people are going to be livid. Absolutely, I, livid. Yeah. I highly doubt that. I really highly. And doubt you that also said. Spider-Man wouldn't sell more than 5 million units on PS4 and it sold like 20. Well, this so. is this is the thing with Spider-Man. It's because, uh, and then I'll talk about the Switch. This is the thing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man didn't get popular until Insomniac touched it. How many Spider-Man games besides the so-called Spider-Man 2 on GameCube from Activision were people talking about? Like, Activision has a whole list of Spider-Man games and barely anyone like those games or play them fair, but they're acting br- but they're acting brand- i was but just about to say i'm like the quality right. wasn't but high, but they but people have but people are acting brand new to the spider-man series because it came from insomniac so well, like it's if because you they're already good be- though i mean that's right, that's but, the thing it's but because people, they're good if but you I make think people just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter what ip is attached to the game if it's a good game people will find it and flock to it especially now with social media mm-hmm. and so many people having a podcast and youtube Word channel and twitch yeah. streamings and influencing like people are going to find your great game no matter what ip is attached to it but, or not but see that's the thing about it it's just i think the thing about it's just like when you're acting brand new to an ip that's been out for years regardless of if it's bad or good you shouldn't act surprised that it's um like insomniac you mm-hmm. know they make well they make great games. They have uh 
they have a long list of great games attached right. to their names. But Spider-Man has been out for years. Yeah. Yes, but- it came. It, yes, it's been out, but people have been acting like this Spider-Man that came from Insomniac is like they're brand new to it. They, and so, well, of course, Insomniac is brand new to it. It's their take on Spider-Man, then it's good. It's right, also but, the best Spider-Man games we've ever gotten. Uh, like mm-hmm. you, like to your argument, like the bat. There was plenty of Batman games before the yeah. Arkham games came out. Yeah, but, like those games weren't good. Yeah. Like those yeah. games weren't good. But, but then, but I think people just like I think some people who are brand new to it act like they're the biggest fan of that franchise. But their well, past you can games, be a fan of Spider-Man and not the games, right? And maybe you're a fan mm-hmm. of Spider-Man and you got drawn into this one because you heard it was good, right? And, and yeah. you know, it, it's that effect also where, you know, what we talked about earlier where, you know, my where my family bought Switches for other reasons other than Zelda because they liked those IP and then they heard Zelda was good, so they bought it, right? I mean, look at Elden Ring last year. How many mm-hmm. people that bought Elden Ring you think played a Souls game and actually knew how hard that that series is, right? And I mean, how many people in Boss Rush involved in Boss Rush alone bought Elden Ring because they heard it was good and then they stopped playing because they it was too hard because they'd never mm-hmm. played a Souls game. Yeah. But many, everybody said the game people, was good, so they bought it. How many people bought it just off of the name of James R. R. Martin? Had, right. He asked them to do it like, oh, so I got to try it. Exactly. But but it feels like sometimes people, I guess people don't do their research. They don't. Uh, that's the stuff. thing. You that's the and, marketing and team's job it. is to capture those people. I mean, that's you know people who do marketing for a living, aka. But re- research, me. like this is. But, but that's your. But point. the research you as in stuff like this has been around. So you're why right. at the brand. brand you're right. New people should it. be smarter and do their research, but people don't, and they see an IP that they like, mm-hmm. and they see scores next to it which is why we saw review scores right it's because people don't read it they just want to see oh is the game good and they'll see the score and they see it's good and it's attached to an ip that they see and they'll buy it right yeah so yeah it's the credibility of the reviewer to basically and then they look at the score and then it's boom Mm -hmm. like that that's that's the way the world works it's like you know not everyone it's the same way with movies not everyone mm-hmm. is going to see a movie because they know it's going to be award winner they're going to see a movie because it's an ip that they that they heard of and it reviewed well you know mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. why something like you know avengers sells you know does like 2 billion dollars and then something like the whale will probably about to mention the whale mm-hmm. will probably not even break like 10 million dollars but also award winning and you know, probably one of the best movies made in the last 20 years. Right. So I haven't seen it. I'm just saying, I'm just using it's it as good. an example, but oh, go yeah. ahead, Devin, you're going to say something. Um, I, I think, I think you guys kind of nailed it with that. Like, you know, it's just based off the property. I think when, when it comes to Spider-Man, you have two things with well, two main things to play there. You have a reputable company as a zombie act. Cause people are excited for those games. They make, legendary games whether you like them or not they make amazing games then you have spider-man who's arguably the most popular superhero in the world you make an argument for that and then you melt those two together and yes there's been other spider-man games and stuff like that but when you mold those two together it's a winning formula then you add on the fact that the marketing campaign for that game was so good like i remember when that game came out everywhere you looked they were showing you like commercials for that spider-man game Mm-hmm. You were seeing like billboards for it. You were seeing that game everywhere. It was like 
heavy marketing in that game, and I think sports people, commercials, what, like yeah, for sure. NFL commercials, like I mean, that game was everywhere. Yes, I couldn't like I, every other commercial during a Browns game I would watch was a freaking PlayStation slash Spider Man commercial. Donovan yeah. Mitchell was wearing it on his shoes. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah, and I think that that plays into why, uh, as opposed to the other games, this one sold twenty million because yeah. it was everywhere. Which is weird, and I'll get into the switch that it it that Spider Man sold that well, but Sunset Overdrive from the same company just got disrespected left and right. Like, well, that's, that's the other way, though. That's yeah, the other. It's way. not a known IP either. Yeah, though. Sunset Overdrive's not an IP people known. Mm. Xbox was doing terrible at the time, right? I mean, they were in the midst of their entire downfall. And it was exclusive, and nobody wanted to buy an Xbox to play it, right? And that's—I yeah. mean—that was essentially that was essentially it. But it came from the, the makers of Spider-Man, even I, though I get it. But also, it. a Spider-Man wasn't out yet, so you couldn't market it right. that way. And B, it Insomniac is so tied to PlayStation that it going to a rival platform that was doing terrible with an IP that nobody knew that it, you know yeah. that. But then people end up going back to Sunset Overdrive and realizing how good, good it was. They, as they should, because yeah. Sunset Overdrive is amazing. A but, fantastic game. Yeah. But it's also like Insomniac was also building its reputation at the time, too. Yeah. I'm um, like, they did have some Ratchet and Clank games. They did have Spider, um, like um, Spyro the Dragon, but none of those were like game of the year contenders, though. So they but were they building had, like, their resistance name. Resistance and stuff. Yeah. Their, resistance yeah. and Fuse and all those other shooters. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, even still, Resistance didn't blow the world away. It was one of those things that, like, they were building their name up. I, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Sensei Overdrive was probably the best game that they had put out to date. But, like, again, Mm -hmm. no one played it. No one played that system very much. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, it was a, it was a whirlwind of a whole bunch of, like, outlying situations that, that caused Sensei Overdrive to be a lackluster sales game, but a good overall game. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me just talk about Switch. Uh, because, <laughs> yes, can we hide? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Help. Um, because I think, like, I I still don't consider the Wii U as a failure um, in the sense, in, in the sense that it did offer a lot of games, but at that time, the gaming art, some of the gaming communities and audience just didn't, just didn't give it a chance and everything. Because when switch came out and yes there are a lot of wii u ports on there a lot of some people have been realizing oh this was on switch this this game was this good so it's selling these million copies and stuff like tokyo mirage session or uh xena play definitive you know or, or like some of the stuff that they missed on switch uh i mean on wii u now that's on Switch, people are realizing. You know, a lot of people had this doubts like, oh, Switch is not going to have third-party support. It's just going to be another Wii U. It, even if it didn't have the third-party support, Switch has done a lot that people don't realize. Limited run games wouldn't be at the place that it's at right now without Switch on people buying their games. Indies would have got the recognition and the double dipping that people have done on that on for their games on Switch. Like people have bought the physical and the digital version of games. They've been doing that mostly on Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been buying uh the, like the Joy Cons and stuff or custom making the Joy Cons. Um, people been buying like the limited editions of Switch and stuff. And when it comes just 
for Nintendo games, like for someone that for people who say it didn't have games, you were getting almost seven to nine games per year from Nintendo alone. You know, and regardless of if they were good or not or something, the library for Nintendo Switch is was strong from Nintendo themselves. There's no way you can't deny that um Fire Emblem Three Houses or um Astral Chain or like Damon X Machina or like just Link's Awakening uh remake and stuff or you know Super Mario Odyssey of course Breath of the Wild and stuff like you cannot Metroid Dread you cannot a series that no one in Japan really cared for but when Metroid Dread came out it did the numbers that it did three million that's good for a series like Metroid from for the past so I feel like the six years that Switch has done for games and for gamers like they put out a lot of stuff out there that it's 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 ready to be experienced you know and people go back to the switch and play some of those older games and everything mm-hmm. like i i talk about xenoblade chronicles 3 in such a good light because people wanted a mature story you wanted something that's going to be action-packed well xenoblade chronicles 3 is here so go out and get it the stuff that people wanted for nintendo i feel like switch has delivered it's just now up to the people to go out and get it you know, for for a console like Switch to be on top of the NPD in three countries, Japan, Europe, and, and uh, America, month after month, year after year, that's crazy. Just from, just I mean, just from Nintendo alone with that stuff. Like, Mario Kart is still selling numbers. Smash Brothers is still doing numbers. Splatoon is doing numbers. People who never thought about video games got Animal Crossing even though that's the pandemic and stuff like it, look at the nintendo direct we just had of all that stuff that's coming square enos got back to a good relationship with nintendo look at all the jrp well not jrps all the rpgs that that's been hitting a switch and how the numbers been doing for that where something like forsake for for spoken might fail Octopath Traveler or Bradley default 2 is making that money up that they're not getting from a big game for Square Enix and stuff. You know, like, I think Nintendo, the, the Switch has kind of changed how gaming can be done. It's not always about graphics. It's not always about having the best uh, special effects and everything. Sometimes it's just like, what can this game offer me? And if it That's offers you something yeah. that you love and everything, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, um, uh, not not Dead Space, but um, the Callisto Protocol looks gorgeous and got dogged. But then something like Kirby and Forgotten Land is getting at, at you know it's it's this cute little thing, but at the end it's kind of ja- it's challenging. I'm just like, what is this Dragon Ball fight that I'm playing? And it's making people laugh and this making it and making people happy. Mario Maker 2 levels, like people are still making insane levels that they are dropping and stuff. I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm I don't want to seem negative at all because like I have a I've had a really good time with the Switch for these past six mm-hmm. years. I think the the point I was making, at least trying to make um oh, when I brought yeah. up the age of the Switch is that, you know, like 
it seems like we're in a different age of gaming, especially with the Steam Deck and what mm -hmm. can be offered with handheld gaming. I would like to see uh, this, this what what could be delivered by Nintendo because they've done so well so far with the Switch. I would like to see what they would could do with a next iteration, like mm -hmm. how they could bring some of them uh, some of these modern, I guess you could say, gameplay tropes and gameplay like. Uh, mechanics that we've gotten from other developers such as like mm -hmm. such as like the steam uh, steam with the the steam deck such as like logitech right now with the logitech cloud and mm -hmm. i'd like to see nintendo spin on what they can do with some of these things to give games a better quality of life you know would it be would it be something that because i feel like if nintendo can deliver that and if they do how many people are going trying to steal that idea and copy it I, I think all great ideas are stolen and copied. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what what I were you gonna say, Corey? Sorry oh, I was that. I was gonna say I think we're it's funny. Uh, we're actually having the um, the CEO of Steam Deck HQ on the Boss Rush podcast on on Wednesday, um, and I'm going to talk to him. Uh, why why should a console gamer own a Steam Deck? And I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because of the whole switch aspect and like i am a big proponent of nintendo should keep the switch as it is for their next iteration except it should be more powerful and maybe get rid of the joy cons and just have an internal like have the controllers internally built and just if you want a special edition console to sell console nintendo idiots will buy it anyway amen you know that's 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 my thing i'm like nintendo right now is is in such a their leadership is way more conservative than Iwata and Reggie were, mm -hmm. right? They, they're they about making money. They're about making a product that they can sell for a long time. And I think they've hit lightning in a bottle with what the Switch is. And I think that's all Nintendo gamers want is something like the Switch. And we're so we're in a society where we're so used to iterations on things, phones, tablets, computers instead of just a brand new box every time and you know i think that's xbox's goal right now is so like aside from you know having their games available wherever you can play them uh like their console thing is like we're just going to make iterations on this thing we're not gonna you know make uh xbox quadra lateral pooper scooper thing i don't know yeah. wow but <coughs> my point is is like if Nintendo would just iterate on the Switch and make it more powerful, and yeah, maybe some games won't run on the old Switch. Big deal. They've done it before. Look at the 3DS. They just did it. Or look at the DS. They did that with the DS also. As long as the games you buy are forward compatible, right? Yeah, like if sure. I, As long as I can play Breath of the Wild for the next 30 years on a Nintendo platform without having to rebuy it. Seven times. Yeah. 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 I am... I am seriously okay if the if the Switch was the last thing the Nintendo last console Nintendo ever made and just iterated on it, I'd be perfectly fine. It's the same thing with the iPhone. I'm yeah. like, and the same thing with like Samsung Galaxies. Everyone's okay with the same phone, just like update it slightly, you know. But then and that's all I we're get, asking with the Switch. But then I get all the old folks mad because they changed something. <laughs> hey man, changes changes life. It's inevitable, as Thanos yeah. said. All right, Corey, you want to move on to the next story? Yeah, we're, we'll blow through these next ones. I mean, obviously, it's Mario Day also, right? I mean, we could talk about Mario if we really want to, or we can just move on to the next uh, story, which I think is more interesting. Um, 
Yuji Naka, who is the who's former head of Sonic Team, appears to have admitted guilt over insider trading uh, oh. with Square Enix. While standing trial at the Tokyo District Court, he stated on March 2nd, quote, there's no doubt that I learned facts about the game before it was announced and bought the stock. <laughs> Naka is being charged with insider trading after an investigation with Square Enix. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's bad. Way to snitch on yourself. And it's funny because it wasn't even that big amount of money, right? It was something like it wasn't even millions of dollars. It was something like 37 equivalent of $37,000 or something. <laughs> Like, Eight hundred thirty-four thousand. Was it that after, much? The last yeah, I after, heard, it wasn't even. It wasn't even a lot of money because there's two yeah, cases. It, Maybe I read one and not the other. So it says on uh, Nintendo Life after investing uh, investing approximately one hundred forty-four point seven million yen, about eight hundred thirty-four thousand, in eighteen entertainment, and approximately forty-seven million, about three hundred thirty-six thousand three hundred USD. And Amy, he had intended to resell his stock at what he presumed would be a much higher price once the team's involvement square in this project was made public. Cool. So he might have, it, yeah, it might have been lower um, yeah. at that. Yeah, I mean, I knew there were two cases going on. Maybe this is the bigger case. I I thought this was the other one, but it, but either case, like, man, insider trading, don't do it, guys. Bad bad yeah, stuff. Sure. Not worth it. Not worth it. Yeah. Don't this on yourself. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah, I think. I think people need probably need a breakdown of what it is and stuff. Um, because I know this is, of course, this is bad, but I think some people don't understand how serious it is. When it comes to something like this, yeah, yep. it's it's crazy. Um, just don't do insider trading. I mean, like if I do believe if Martha Stewart can go to jail for it, you can too. So don't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she gets to hang out with Snoop Dogg now and make have a re- shows reality shows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So what do we know? Maybe she made out. Who knows? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We should get Snoop. We should get Snoop Dogg on the show. Sounds like a good idea. No. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not doing much, right? He's doing a lot, I think. <laughs> I think he's uh, at WrestleMania in a couple weeks. Was he? I think, All uh, right, it will be in a couple weeks. Yeah, I know he got something going on with Death Row. I think he's trying to get all the music on Spotify or something. I think he owns. Yeah. He owns Death Row now. Yeah, he does. I think he. I think he was playing Hogwarts Legacy a couple of days ago. Probably That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh man. Speaking of Death Row, we're gonna go into Pack Watch. Uh Pack Watch is our segment where we talk about upcoming uh new releases that maybe you should check out or not, because I think there's one on here about toilet paper. Um I thought you were gonna say Pack Watch is where we watch Tupac and see where he's at now. Oh no. Yeah, actually during the video is just the hologram of Tupac just kind of <laughs> A mess. <laughs> I'm here for it. We just replace Ed with a hologram of Tupac. Wait, know. what? Tupac hosts the show. <laughs> so, it's but a lot. It's still your voice, Ed. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of work to get the voice syncing, but it it works. So. Why me? I don't, I don't know. It'd be pretty weird if we replaced me with Tupac, Ed. You know. Yeah, that, that, that might be a problem <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> wow. Uh, we might have a Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder situation. <laughs> so, you know. Wow. Uh, man, we talked about that show the other day on Boss Rush Podcast. It was very... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Anyway, 
is Packwatch. Uh, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. A gateway to a striking castle has suddenly appeared, and an imposing warrior called Richter asks you to help him vanquish the great evil within. Enticed by the promise of new loot and uh, rather than a sense of moral duty, you strike out through the grounds and corridors of Gothic Castle to find and kill the mysterious Dracula. Ooh. Uh, out on 3-7, uh, Pronti dive. Uh, pr- what's it called? Pronti? Oh, Pronti. Pronti. Dive yeah. through dive through 400 years of technological advancements in, in the underwater city of Royla, where humanity once found a new home. That is oh. until this future Atlantis uh, was beset by fierce monsters mutated by toxic marine waste. Take on the unprecedented threat as the sea guardian, Pronti, and fight alongside the javelin partner, Bront, to take down the mutants, discover the truth behind the creature's sudden invasion, and uncover the secrets behind Pronti's origins. Sounds like Aquaman the game. It's a Metroidvania. Oh, of course it is. Every game. <laughs> every game is a Metroidvania game these days. Um, on 3.9, Fatal Frame Mask of a Lunar Eclipse makes its way to Nintendo Switch. A group of children mysteriously disappeared during a festival at, on Ragotsu Isle. Although they were found, they had lost their memories. Now they have returned to the island as teenagers. The girls rely on the camera obscura, a camera with the power to capture and seal away unthinkable horrors in the faint beam of the flashlight while exploring at various locations and fending off the ghosts that attack them as they attempt to discover the truth of their haunting past. I like the yeah, Fatal Frame games a lot. So I can't wait to try this Yeah, one. this was... Yeah, this one's the one that only came out in Japan. Never came here. Well, this is this isn't the Wii U one. Oh no, that was the mm. uh, water something. Yeah, Black the Manning. water. Yeah, Black Manning. Yeah, yeah, that one's already out. Yeah, and stuff. Okay. I wonder how that do how that game do because it did come on PlayStation. Also. There's there's too many Fatal Frame games at this point. I can't keep up. Uh, any anybody interested in anything coming out this week? I think Dead Cells. The, Dead yeah. Cells is the one. Yeah, Dead I've, Cells. Uh, yeah, Dead, uh, Dead Cells are Prani. It's gonna be for me, because um, I've also be playing Metroid Fusion also. Mm. Metroid Fusion. Oh, I cannot wait for people to yeah. play Fusion. I'm ready for Ed. that game to kick so many people's tail. We should probably start adding games that are coming to Expansion Pass to this list as well. That's a good point. Yeah, just make a note of that somewhere, okay. or let's just remember to do that because we don't take notes. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> why we're so successful, you know. Uh, all right, Game Fact Advance. As we celebrate six years of Nintendo Switch, we have to acknowledge the trailer that released on October 20th, 2016, that was shown on Nintendo's YouTube channel. Uh, it was codenamed NX until the trailer dropped, and we got uh, a look at Breath of the Wild. Once uh, one, uh, we see the player, uh, player's dog bark, he goes to the living room, pulls the system out of the dock, and starts playing in handheld mode. Yes, we even got that term rooftop Karen from this trailer. Um, this trailer, I remember this trailer because it dropped while I was on my honeymoon with my wife and I watched it while she was taking a shower before we were going out to dinner. And I ended up doing a really terrible Instagram video, Instagram reel of it, like before they were called Instagram reels. And uh, it was like a minute and a half reaction to this trailer. And I was so excited that I 
I ha- was half tempted to just call Ed and have him <laughs> Skype call in and record a Skype call so we could have some sort of podcast about it. But then I realized, well, maybe not the smartest thing to do on your honeymoon. So I had to wait till we got yeah. till I got home. But that that would have yeah. been bad. Mm-hmm. That would have been a grand opening, grand closing situation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I mean, do we? Re- do you guys remember this trailer? Do you guys remember watching? I, knew, it? Like, I, 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 I referenced it earlier. Yeah, I remember this trailer. A lot. They was on the rooftops and stuff like that. And you, yeah. everybody was had their switches and stuff. It's a, it a really cool trailer. Yeah, I I, I actually see. think that trailer hyped a lot of people up for Switch. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. I I really do too. I think that that trailer did a lot for the. Uh, I think that they that trailer was specifically released to make up for a lot of the mistakes of the reveal of the Wii U. To be honest with you, yeah, because uh, man, the reveal of the Wii U was so bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, it made it made people like the the trailer made people think of the Wii and like the mm-hmm. glory days of the Wii. And I mm-hmm. feel especially with the rooftop aspect, it kind of reminded everyone like, hey, I remember having that good of a time playing the Wii back in the day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were shocked to see like Skyrim mm-hmm. was on it. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. Uh, because at that time, that was like what Bethesda's making the game for Nintendo. They've mm-hmm. never touched anything Nintendo. Yeah, so. Well, to be fair, it is Skyrim, and they put it on smart fridges at this point. So, yeah, you know, I mean, but still, I, to your point, Ed, I mean, we ended up getting a lot of Bethesda support, you know, with with Doom and mm-hmm. Wolfenstein, which I played through both of those, <laughs> all of those games on the Switch. Uh, wow. Yeah. Not terrible experiences, actually. Those games okay. actually run, obviously, not Pretty the easy. ideal place to play it. And when you go from like this really nice, smooth 30 frames a second to 120 f- frames a second on on the Series X or something, it's like it's pretty jarring. But as an overall experience, if yeah. Switch is the only place you can play those games, they are not bad versions of those games whatsoever. And that's kind of showing people like they would they would support third party if they just gave it the love and care because as much as people want to laugh at The Witcher 3, I heard more people beat that game on Switch than on any other platform. And you know there's 600 versions of The Witcher 3 out yeah. on all systems. Yeah, I actually played a lot of The Witcher 3 on the Switch too. That's where I put the most time in on, on it actually. And now like now that cloud saves work cross-platform, like I might actually continue <laughs> playing it at some point. Um yeah, that that version of The Witcher is not terrible either. I'm actually yeah. shocked at how well it runs on the Switch, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean that that whole trailer was like, I was ready. You know, as much as I love the Wii U and will defend the Wii U until the end of time, uh, <laughs> I was ready. You know, I the gamepad just felt feels like a child's toy, right? Um, I wanted to play games in handheld mode you know, more than 10 feet away from the TV that I was initially playing on, you know, and that trailer got me excited. I thought, I thought when I saw it, I'm like, the first thing I thought was, man, that's a Nintendo console because it looked, it didn't look like a toy. It looked like a piece of technology, you know, which is something you don't say a lot about Nintendo's consoles. No, for sure. For sure. It did look like a next level piece of tech and it sort of ushered in this new wave and, you know, Nintendo's always been a trendsetter of like of tech for mm-hmm. better or for worse in a lot of cases. And this time it was for the better. And, you know, like I I can't picture what the gaming industry would be like nowadays without the switch. Oh, my gosh. Could you could you imagine 
if like it'd be boring. Oh my god, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but it would not. It, there's oh, something. Shoot. There's something, something gonna be a souls game or over the shoulder game, you know, and a bunch of guns. It would have been boring, <laughs> cliche. You would have cinematic your stuff. in there as well. Yeah, I. uh Yeah, I mean Nintendo. There's something very special about Nintendo, whether you are primarily a Nintendo player or not. People play Nintendo games regardless, and I, I think that's. I think that's rare. For the other two platforms, I think a lot of people are an either-or person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, a, a lot of us might have all three, but, you know, we prefer one console over the other, I think, in a lot of ways uh, from Xbox or PlayStation. You know, I'm, I I have all three, but I prefer Xbox over PlayStation for sure just to play my third-party games on. And um, Game Pass is a big selling point for me also and the controller, right? But, like... Everybody plays the Nintendo games, right? And I think I think what Ed and I used to talk about is if Nintendo can get in your home and be your second console, they win because yeah, for sure. Then they're they're selling to everybody, and yeah, I think that's a major thing, and I think that's what the Switch did that the Wii U ultimately didn't. Yeah. So. All right, we want to get to questions. Uh, we have two, so we could probably knock these out real quick. Ed, do you want me to read the questions? Yeah, go ahead. What, Delvin? Did you want to say something, Delvin? Let's, see, let's knock them out. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. Jesse Douglas writes in. He said, my question is, with the ever-growing interest in tabletop games, if Nintendo was to make a tabletop-style game with its IP, what would you pick uh, to get the makeover, and what tabletop game, uh, what tabletop style of game would it be like? Oh boy! So I'm going with Kid Icarus. Oh no! Oh boy! <laughs> I will huh. go with Kid. I will go with Kid Icarus as a as a team because I'm like you got the Greek theme and everything, and of course we were we always talk about an open world, uh, Kid Icarus game yeah. and everything. So I could see like that working. As for like what type of it that one would be hard because i don't play a lot of tabletop but like ip wise i will choose kid icarus what kind of what kind of game would it be though ed um candy land meets dungeons and dragons oh no i don't know what that even looks like yeah look as someone who plays a lot of candy land with my daughter not sure. Uh, not I'm, sure. Kid Icarus skin would clean that up for me. I know? mean, like the world looks beautiful and everything, kind of like a Candyland game. But deep down, it has some kind of, even though it's not really like a card base, um, or stuff. But it would have like attributes and uh, kind of like some kind of role playing game mechanic and things to it. So, like, you know, having your die and, and things like that, you know, if you defeat a dungeon and everything, you may uh, find treasure or get, um, you know, or, or get something. or And then you could probably add your amiibo to it for it mm-hmm. um, to to uh, get more stuff or even could be able to customize, customize your own amiibo or character for, for that game and stuff. Yeah. I, I'm thinking Xenoblade. Put Xenoblade in the tabletop. Um, you almost make it very Dungeons and Dragons esque. Um, I think that kind of speaks for itself. I think that like people would eat that up. 
Yeah. I I uh, think Yeah. Go ahead, Delvin. Sorry. I'm gonna cheat. Uh oh. I'm gonna say fire emblem risk. Ooh, that's a good one though. That is a really good one. Yeah, just that's that's up risk with fire emblem characters, and you can kind of it's Corey's just like Nick because he wants his fire emblem pirates game. I mean, I do want the fire emblem pirates game. Okay, that was rumored like a year or two ago. I do want that, but that'd be fun. Risk almost one piece, but fire emblem. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, just each piece is different. Why not fire emblem battleship? Get out of here! You're fine. You lost me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the same. Like with Risk, you can kind of like you can have your own characters and stuff from from your favorite Fire Emblem games, and you can kind of. But you're fighting another player with your with your team. Fire Emblem Fates, like Birthright versus Conquest, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and you can done. buy. I'm much like a Nintendo fashion. You can just buy add-ons with whatever Fire Emblem game you want to add on to it. Well, that's more yeah. money for Nintendo. And then you'll kill somebody and, they, and that's permadeath, so you can never use that card again. Well, no, nah, you can use the card again. It's just like it's just like regular risk. <laughs> just, just, it's just dead. Like um Oh, I'm just talking about I'm talking about battleship. <laughs> oh, you're gross. Um Yeah, man, that'd be so cool. I uh so I guess for me it would be I mean, I think Dungeons and Dragons is kind of the easiest thing for like an RPG style, right? I mean Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I I think I would like to see some sort of like Zelda adventure in a Dungeons and Dragons, but I guess it would probably have to be something like a Four Sword style adventure, or maybe you use the Breath of the Wild champions or something, or create your own character. Like maybe that's it. You create your own character and kind of use one of the races that's provided from the Zelda universe and kind of just have a Dungeons and Dragon campaign through that. That'd be cool. I, I like what you're selling here. Imagine if it, they call it like Link's multiverse and where you bring in like the different links from different um from like different Zelda games mm-hmm. and you and like everyone's playing as a Link but they're playing as different variations of Link. Yeah. Yeah. So that, a different version cool. of Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but for sure. Cooler. Um. Uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I think. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, I, I mean, they already make like Monopoly Mario and stuff, right? So, gross, man. <laughs> uh, our second question. Uh, or Jesse also he comments. I'd love to see a Splatoon game that's a mix mix of Risk and Munchkin. Oh, that could be cool. I don't know what Munchkin is. What is that? I don't either. What is a Munchkin? That is the it's like a car base, I think. Mm. That is the donuts you used to get at Krispy Kreme. The little small mm. ones. Oh yeah, like the they little donut, donut hole things. Holes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, Munchkin's the stuck of donuts. What? Whatever, Ed. What? <laughs> Everybody loves a donut. All right, our last question. <laughs> our last question comes from uh, Infinite Rewind from Discord. Uh, our friend Matt. Uh, congratulations, Matt, by the way, on yeah. having your baby. I'm very proud congratulations. of you. Congratulations. Uh, you brought uh, life in the world. Yeah. Um, scary world to bring life into, but, you know, we yeah. got to keep going, I guess. Nothing I have to worry about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> create, <laughs> create your own new Nintendo IP. Man, that's such a rough one. That's a what? That's a heavy test. I know. So- I mean, I have crossover ideas, but nothing new. Like, I think, uh, I think a, a game based in Hyrule that's also kind of like a Souls game would be cool. And I also want a Fire Emblem 
regular action RPG or JRPG or something. Uh, those aren't new IPs, obviously, but like, you know. Uh, but anyway, somebody somebody make up something. Somebody make up something way cooler than I just said. Hmm. I, I think they, you know, like, it's been a while, and maybe y'all can counteract me if y'all can think of anything like this, but, like, it's, Mario feels like the only, like, platforming game. It feels like we're missing kind of that platforming portfolio lately. Um, besides Kirby, Donkey Kong. Well, we haven't um, had a Donkey Kong since what, like, um... Since fro like um tropical freeze tropical freeze yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, but so they're like, pro- we're missing something a lot of people are sticking that they're still in the worst they just haven't uh put it out like to release it just yet yeah it's the rumor the first they... party right yeah yeah I think he's correct yeah I mean the rumor is that the Mario Odyssey team is working on a 3D Donkey Kong game yeah oh so, yeah um as long as it's not uh, Donkey Kong sixty four. Sure. And they don't have Banjo Kazooie no more, so or Conquer sixty four, so like the rare stuff that's yeah. like all gone. That's Microsoft. So what is Nintendo missing from their portfolio? I mean, they, that's exactly what I was going here. Yeah, right? they're pretty covered in a lot of ways, right? I mean, they have their they have a third person shooter. shooter with Splatoon. They have their mm. real time strategy with with Fire Emblem. You know, yeah, Fire they Emblem. Don't really and some, they don't really got like a Pikmin. run a gun game. Like Contra uh, or something. I, I wouldn't call Splatoon as that, but like something like Contra or like Ghouls and Ghosts, they don't have. Like they don't Whoa. have their difficult game. What were you saying, Delvin? I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> I wanna have the game made that I want it made. I want a Captain End Nintendo game. Like a modern version of a Captain End game. What so, What does that look like? I would I would even go like, hey, you can make it still be the guy from the original Captain N series. For those who don't know, Captain N was a cartoon show. Was that the eighties? Yeah, eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nineties. Yeah, yeah, where a kid got pulled into his Nintendo console and was going through Video Land, and like um, he would team up with like Mega Man and oh, Kid man. Icarus, and they creepy were creepy like, Mega Man dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they did like. And it was like um, they were the Nintendo characters, but they were bad looking versions of them. Yeah. So yeah, I would do a Captain Ed game. I wouldn't have him. I would have. I would have Kevin by himself, obviously. But each stage, you would have to go through a different version of a of a Nintendo game, like um, a Mario game, or go That'd through be really Kid interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I probably would. That could be oh, like. What if that was like their next systems like system pack-in game of like it kind of be like astrobot but like <clears throat> or like nintendo land mixed with it like you take captain in and like <clears throat> okay well here's here's mario land so here's your platforming game and then yeah. here's your zelda dungeon and here's your you know mini metroidvania map over here and like oh well here's your splatoon map and you but you play like a some sort of level of splatoon with a with captain in yes that's what I'm talking I, about. I think I got it. Go ahead. I, I think I got it. Imagine Nintendo's take, first party Nintendo's take on a stealth game, like a spy game where you play as like a cartoony spy like character, and your objective is probably to like um, use like uh, like uh, tons of different gadgets to try to get to like each objective in like a different building, and you try to like make it into like 
you're almost like trying to steal like a certain weapon before it's able to be used and such like that. It's almost so like Nintendo does have something like that. Oh boy, here we go. What's it from? Like what? an obscure 1991 NES cartridge that nobody's ever heard of? No, uh, the Spirit one, the Spirit game on GameCube. Oh, uh, Geist. Geist. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Here, here's what I was imagining though. You have like. Because this character um, that I'm imagining could also probably double as a Super Smash Brothers character. Like he has like a a watch that he can probably like use to do different things, or maybe like so maybe like slow down time or different things, so he can sneak by different people. Um, you might have like, or maybe he uses his watch to like make he to make his suit like semi like almost like that um, almost transparent to where like he blends in with his natural surroundings. That that sort of thing. He can sort of like. Yeah, it's almost like almost like a stealth game mixed in with um um what is the the game about Ubisoft? Um Assassin's uh, Creed Watch not this Assassin's Watch, Watch Dogs. Dogs. Like their take Ooh. on Watch Dogs would be interesting. That stealth meets like Watch Dogs. Nintendo mm-hmm. I think could absolutely nail it where where yeah. Ubisoft just kind of floundered that. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean they use some of that stuff, gameplay ideas in some of their Paper Mario games. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's not quite the three D, like a three D stealth 3D, game. You yeah, know? yeah. I like I like that idea, Sebastian. Yeah. That's definitely something Nintendo's really missing from their portfolio. Like a big prominent one. I know Ed said it's mm-hmm. existed before, but like nobody cares about guys twenty three years later. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, he but, said a brand new IP. So I know. I'm just saying. I know it is Geist. a new IP. You don't make it Geist too. You make it Flubby Dubby's. I'm talking stealthy, about the idea. Stealthy. Yeah weapon game you know yeah like i would do uh, like a beat em up Uniracer game yeah i know you pick all the weird games nobody cares about <laughs> i'm gonna make i'm gonna make excite bike with contra guns and <laughs> sort of. hey shoot i would like Uniracer meets elite b8 no see you had no to... ed the proper response was well well you know uh road rash already exists then you know i was waiting for that i was waiting for that answer no i I, no i i have i i feel like a universal game that plays with like elite b agents and stuff so you got a music game and a racer at the same time so in order to get faster you have to pop the you have to be on beat so you go faster and everything Um, that's creative you know, another like genre they're missing is like a first part Nintendo that is like a Diablo style game. Yeah. Like their take on what a Diablo style game would be cool. But I that spy game, I think, could also double as a Super Smash Brothers character. So I, I'm leaning towards that. Secret yeah. Agent Toad. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, or maybe you can have different like amiibos come in and they can be like the spies, so to speak. Yes. And you can kind of use their different powers. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, to riff off your diablo's diablo game and actually like you may have use for an amiibo like Mm -hmm. you could use a different amiibo to be the different characters and then you could save your progress for those characters on the amiibo and take them with you for sure yeah for sure so that that's the kind of that's the kind of genres i feel like they're missing out on like that like diablo style a stealth game and to be honest, they tried um, with arms, but like they're missing a boxing game, a yeah. legit like sports boxing game. Yeah, where's Punch Out at? Just yeah, just bring back. Punch I mean, out. they got the Wii boxing also. So 
Yeah, but yeah, that, but that went that went great. Bring, yeah. bring back Mike Tyson's punch out of that. Just like it, just we, we ready to rumble, man. Yeah, ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. Oh, that's Afro it, Thunder. Oh man, yeah. it doesn't matter. Midway's not doing anything with it. They're gone. No, for sure. Nintendo well, can buy one, that. Well, wherever they are now. Uh, what is the Apple Studio name now? Nether Realm. Well, you want them yeah. to make Mortal Kombat versus uh, uh, versus Super Smash? I mean, that's why. I, I mean, I mean because of Midway now they're Netherrealm, yeah, pretty much Midway clones. Yeah, so. but still, that's funny. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, I think we did. I think we created a good IP there. We yeah. did. Look at that. Created a bunch. Right. There you go, Nintendo. Yeah, Those sure. are all free. Just you know, credit. You, Tag me on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Give a, give us some credit yeah. and, and give us a free review copy, a credit, and we want free tickets to Nintendo Land. <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> the demands kind of went up as I kind of thought about more demands, but like those are the those are the three demands for, hey, for the new IP. That's chump change for Nintendo. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to be it for Nintendo Podcast, uh, Nintendo Block Podcast. Wow. Um, you want to try that again, Ed? <laughs> yeah, let's try it again. Power Block Podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. Goodness. Uh, Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Devin underscore Cox. Check out the Devin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. And Sebastian, where can they find you? Find me at the Single Player Experience Podcast, the perfect podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. If you like interview, like dev interviews about single player games, if you like just finding out what needs to be in your video game backlog, check that podcast out. And then you can find me on Twitter at Sebastian23. All right. And everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woohoo! Nintendo Power Block is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. The show is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co-hosts are Corey Derrick and Cordy Yikes. You can find Corey at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. You can find Cordy at Cordy underscore Yikes on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find me at that Richard Cole on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Nintendo Power Block on all social media platforms at Power Block Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network, Discord, and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Visit BossRush.net for more great content and Patreon.com slash BossRushMedia to learn how you can support this show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.